you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On today's episode of the podcast, your motherfuckers are in for a treat. The one and only Adam Greentree. Um, for those of you who don't know who Adam Greentree is, do yourselves a quick favor whilst listening to this podcast. Go to Instagram and type in adam.greentree and prepare to have your mind blown by a savage. Um, the guy is one of my favorite people uh, on Instagram for a lot of reasons, not just for his bow hunting exploits, um, but for just his general attitude towards life um the way that he enjoys to challenge himself and what he gets out of uh, i guess the other side of those challenges and i just love that a lot of his audience is from the u.s and he just makes australians look way cooler than we probably all collectively are um this is a epic episode of the podcast we talk about so much different stuff um obviously there's a lot of of hunting in there um some conservation stuff uh just a lot about adam and why he is the way he is and i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed recording this podcast and i am really excited that uh, all of you guys now get to listen to it so give it up for adam greentree <laughs> so you Mine, mine are two bit at the moment. Yeah, water, yeah, I was like, we're going to drink milk during the podcast. Yeah, oh, we're, we're milking it up. These guys are sponsor or not? Nah. No. Nah. I just like to save the world every chance I can yeah. get, you know? There's nothing wrong with that. Dude, how's old fucking Nick? Oh. Busted up. He did a proper job, eh? Mate, I saw him laying on the ground and, um, like, on his, on his story and, um, I'm just like, dude, what have you done? Like, full, just work gear. Yeah. Like, not, he was not wearing motocross at all. No protective all. gear at all. And but that's typical farmer. Country boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I was just like, fuck, dude. And then, like, you see his leg, and I'm just like, yeah, that's that's bad. That's bad, yeah. And then he did his, did he do his collarbone in yep. as well? So he's and got plates in that. Punching a lung. Yeah. Or deflated a lung or yeah, something like said, that. He's done all of it. Poor bugger, because he's a he's a goer too, you know, like he's always busy and out there and doing it. And mm. I did my heel in, it must have been five or six years ago. I shattered this heel in the four pieces. Like, mm. and it still haunts me today, but I remember at that time just being like pretty much bedridden, couldn't put any weight on it or anything like that. And it just 
mate, it does your head in. Yeah. You know, when you're that sort of person that's always Just constantly always going. going. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to drive um, from his joint up to the NT to yeah. do like all his tours and stuff that he does. Yeah, that's not happening. Nah, and he, because he was saying like, oh, because so I guess, well, the podcast has started, um, but the reason we're sitting together is because he reached out to you yeah, okay. on my behalf. Yeah. But I don't know him aside from him listening to the podcast. Well, he, yeah, he just said that the yeah. podcasts are good. You should, you know, give it a chance sort of thing. So. Yeah. How rad is social media for that shit? Oh, unbelievable, yeah. We're just, we're just saying it's like who you know, not what you know. Yeah. And uh, otherwise I probably wouldn't be sitting here today, but I'm glad I am. Yeah, no, it's cool. And mm. you're, uh, you're a guy that, I I really admire and respect not just for the bow hunting side of things which is what you're most known for mm. but like I was saying before I've, I lived in America for a long time right and you just see fuckhead Australians <laughs> that are like <laughs> that are like the flag for Australia yeah, yeah. and then you get compared on a daily basis as a person that like lives there and is oh, not totally. and yeah. then I'm just like fuck that's not what we're like yeah, and yeah. then Bam, Adam Greentree comes along yeah. and I'm just like, fuck yes, this is this is the Australia. Like, this is the Australian dude that if there's got to be a voice out there, mm. that's the fucking guy. Yeah, well, that's So good. that's kind of what you are to me. Yeah. In that, well, know? that's good to hear, yeah. It's funny because I, I, I've come across people over the years that aren't that stereotypical Australian, but as soon as they get a bit of limelight, they, they feel like they have to turn, turn to that. Yeah. They turn it up. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> it's just putting us back into the convict area when they oh. do it, you know. But, it, and some people are naturally like that, good on them, you know. Like, yeah. we're all supposed to be different, but it's, you know, it's just playing into that role. Like, yeah, there's no need to do it. Yeah, and you're, but I guess, like, it'd be super hard to fake what you do. Like, Oh, totally. You, there's no doing it for the gram when it comes no, to well, that. Well, if you've seen any of my... I don't edit anything. Everything's yeah. just raw. It's just how it is. Yeah. And that's good because it doesn't chew up a bunch of time. I just... Whatever it is, I put it out there and you either like it or you don't. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I think it's a good way to be. And everyone gets to see... Because there's a lot of stuff that sort of gets hidden in bow hunting and like hid you know like covered over and yeah and things like that whereas when it's just raw like that like it, then everyone knows like oh I, you know you it's not just the two seconds of you know there's the animal you take a shot yeah the animal's dead like most hunting is no it's you, that doesn't happen yeah you know there's there's days and days on on walking just to you know find an animal that you want to hunt so it's not just all the just the glory shot you know like you'd see in like an hour film based on hunting as such so well i think that's part of the appeal and so I grew up in Cairns in North Queensland and we hunted pigs and mm -hmm. like shot roos and all that shit for our whole life. But it wasn't anything that I'd thought of until you popped up on my radar and I was like, fuck, like kind of made me rethink the whole thing. And mm. for us, it was just a, it was just something we did and yep. it wasn't. I wasn't really exposed to the idea that other people didn't do that yeah, until yeah. you kind of come along. And then I was like, fuck, like this is a whole world of people that you know a lot of people aren't exposed to this a lot yeah. of people aren't exposed to i guess like the introduced species kind of mm -hmm. idea and, and i guess as as well in australia there's definitely like a stereotype of like the bogan pig hunter yeah oh, there definitely is like the australian hunting culture is basically 
like you know just a movement towards feral eradication you know something that the you know us taxpayers pay millions and millions of dollars into every year for the government to do um and so it's sort of pushed you know into australia that you know you just go out there and shoot them up and and that's sort of that that nice hunting because i wouldn't call that hunting as such Mm -mm. you know it's more just shooting and eradication it's a job and and i grew up with that job as well you know living on rural properties it was just you know it was part of the deal you had to you had to keep the numbers in check and then but now it's it, to me it's a completely different thing it is hunting like that that element is hunting and it's um it's going out there and pitting your skills against you know a wild animal whether it be you know like australia's got a bunch of feral deer in it um you know there's pigs that you spoke about goats foxes feral cats um you, there's a bunch of species out there that any hunting towards those species is also a movement of conservation for Australia, yeah. you know, to, to better will the wildlife that we have here, their environment, you know, the ecosystem. But um, it's just different than that with bow hunting and a lot of rifle shooters now as well. I can't just talk about bow hunting where it's actually you go out there and hunt, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like a... it's still fucking hard. Oh, it's really hard. Yeah. 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 But it's a complete, as well as a physical stimulation, a full mental stimulation, you know, to go out there. Like we've done that since the dawn of man. Men have been hunters, you know. You know well, we're still here because of hunting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's, yeah, it's just a lot different than that. But, you know, that is stereotypical Australian hunting is, you know, on the back of the back of the ute, you know, high-powered rifles and shooting, you know. Bang, bang, shoot them up. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah go yeah. full western. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's like the memories we, like I have, man. Like, we'd be up the Cape and, like, because, yeah, obviously being from Cairns, just straight up to Cape York. Mm. Like, every, every school holidays, every, like, all, like, I had uncles that were in the police force. Yeah. So when you're a young copper and you're trying to make your way through, bam, you're in Arakoon. Yeah, yeah. Bam, yeah. you're in Kaunama. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. so we just be like, well, fuck, yeah, we're going up there. But, yeah, you just sit in the back of the police trophy and then yeah. jump out. There's a water <laughs> hole. There's 40, 50 pigs there. And it's just yeah. bang, let's go. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, yeah, it was just really, it was really cool for me to see I guess when you know when you kind of popped up on my radar through like Cam Haynes and mm-hmm. Rogan, that it's like fuck, this is a dude really carrying the flag. Like I can be super proud of this dude yeah, as, awesome. as an Australian. Yeah. And it was just for me the way that I just see so many dickheads at the tilted kilt just being like, yeah. you with you? and I was like, oh man, yeah, like, this, yeah, this yeah. makes us look like wankers. Yeah. So yeah, to have that guy, and then I'd have a lot of people like, especially after your first podcast with with Joe. Yeah everyone was like do you know Adam Greentree do you get that actually too when you're in the States and people are like oh they've got a friend in Australia and they're like do you know such and such yeah 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 you're like it's a pretty big country hey (laughs) yeah but I had so many people that were like do you know that Adam Greentree and I was like why yeah like why why would I know him but everyone was like man like are all Australians like that and I was like unfortunately no yeah. but if we could move towards a society or people that were more like you guys yeah, exactly, I'd be yeah. stoked but it's like you know flying the flag for yeah, um, you know yeah. what, what I think are the kind of the best parts of Australia it's the outdoor lifestyle you're like uh, really open um, about your family values which mm-hmm. I think is really cool as well especially in like the whole Instagram yep. Instagram world yep. and people sort of 
can get kind of weird on there yeah but it's just like yeah it's just that the values of what to me like what a good aussie should be yeah totally yeah and i think uh i think a lot of guys have those values but a lot of people don't want to show it yeah they feel like it's letting their guard down which i probably i just let it down like it is what it is and uh but i think most people hold those values and you know it's just a matter of showing it like hey it's okay to Mm. look i love me family like i'll do anything for them you know it's you know be a good dad be a good husband you know Mm. um i think it's important to show those things especially in i don't know the world seems to be going the opposite way i like that's how i feel and i'm a positive thinker as well but i always i just see society and it's like it's like nearly a letdown to the human race you know with a lot of things that happen well, I think that you're in an interesting position, I guess, because it's not like you were famous. And, like, I don't think there's many people when I've, like, i got a lot of friends in Newcastle. I spent a bunch of time here through mm. surfing and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get Adam Green Tree on the podcast. And, like, in my world, you're a big name. Like, you're a, a quote-unquote famous guy mm. in in an industry. And then a lot of people here sort of, you're from here and they don't really know you yeah so it's yeah. like it, that's an interesting kind of world to live in in a way and mm. then like man i look at the comments on your instagram page and like you you'd see a weird perspective of society of this group of people that can just reach out don't know you from a bar of soap mm. and can like just comment at you with like yeah so i mean you'd see like some weird shit in terms of like society it's it's really weird and it's been uh like it's i've questioned myself on it a bit over the last couple of years because like i've always kept a tight crew you know like i've always just kept a tight crew and like i'm like i'm really actually not social at all like i just like it doesn't i i say it doesn't interest me but um well an element of it interests you yeah that's right yeah and um and then to have the position that i've got like it's complete opposite to actually how i really am you know because i'm just i'd just be happy living out in the middle of the wilderness by myself and now that i've got family i'd just i'd be happy just you know kim and the kids and just sort of no interactions with the outside world but it's it's really it's so hard to explain because this popularity that i've got like i've I've actually never wanted it it's just sort of Mm. something that fell into my lap because i love promoting what i believe is good the values yes i love promoting the outdoors because it's so so good and i see so many people missing out on it well they don't even know that it's there they don't even know that Mm. feeling you know let alone really indulging into the wilderness is hunting you know getting your own meat you know like that's that's becoming part of nature like Mm. that's what nature does nature hunts you know um so it's real funny and i'll like i'll never like i hate that word you know fame like i hate the word famous (laughs) i hate that yeah i hate anyone thinking that i'm any more popular than anyone else or you know any different because i'm not i'm just a regular guy and that's i suppose that's what makes me but you know i'll so i'll never admit you know like even you just saying you know like you know you're actually famous to my ears that's hurting yeah, it's, it's like, awkward no yeah it's just i don't know i just don't see it like that i just see it as someone that's sharing experiences with people and hopefully you know they well i think that do them. you've got a genuine message and it's a message that needs to be heard because like we're in a spot where we're gonna lose a lot of good shit mm. if the message that you promote isn't 
heard, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, I think we're like, because I, I definitely grew up with the, just the pig hunter, like you just go out to kill shit. Mm. Just, and you knew you were killing it because they were a pest. And yeah. like, we could see what the damage was getting done. We talked mm. to the farmers. Like my dad told me from a real young age, like, because we were young men, like young, young kids shooting pigs. Mm. And it was like pretty confronting for kids. And I, yeah. I remember like my brother crying one day, like, it was full on mm. but dad was like well there's a reason we're doing this like you, these things aren't supposed to be here mm. they kill all this shit that you guys really like mm. and it's this is a, how it works yeah but then that was what i grew up with to where i never really thought about hunting to any other kind of degree mm. and then initially when i started um seeing like you guys and do you know you know adam LaRoche? Adam LaRoche, buck, buck hunter. Uh, what, no, what is it called? I think it's called. It's a show that he does with those country music singers. Oh, uh, okay. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, he, he was on the podcast. He was like my first one that I oh, did. Right, he was cool. at, with that rebel guy we did it at his house. But um, anyway, like before I kind of got that, I guess like that education of, you know, through you guys, it was like, that it seemed real confronting to me again mm. in the same way that it did when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck are they killing these poor deers? Mm. But it well, took that explanation that you guys gave me. And, and then when you kind of, I guess without the factory farming side of things, it's still pure. Like that animal has to die. Yeah. And that animal is going to die more than likely a super shit death. Yeah. And then here you guys come in it's a quick death it's mm. a respectful death and then none of that animal goes to waste yeah so again i guess it's that message and it, it's a fucking important message and then when you add in the side of the whole factory farming and some of the way that our food is actually delivered to the supermarket and you know live exports mm-hmm. like fuck you're getting into yeah. some really creepy shit yeah look it has to be done it, like that, that's the population say, yeah, of the world yeah like I don't hate on it, but I use it as an example for like you can't say poor deer and then eat a steak that 100%. night. That night you can't like that. What what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Poor deer, but you pulled meat out of a packet. Yeah, 100%. you know because and, and that's the we keep trying to desensitize everything, and it doesn't have yeah. to happen with hunting. Well, that's well, the, the there's no connection between you can say poor deer because it's mm-hmm. fucking visually there. You yeah, see, yeah, you see, yeah. it's eating the nice you little think grass of that. and yeah. it's living this peaceful Bambi experience and mm-hmm. then doom, bow goes, yep. that thing's dead. Yep. And it's like, fuck. Like, and with effort on. and with responsibility, yeah. like all those things but, should come into yeah, it. Yeah, that you should feel those emotions. Like you're exactly. killing something and yep. then you're eating it. You yep. should feel the things that yep. you're feeling and the things that I was feeling mm-hmm. to where I'm going like, fuck, that's full on. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should feel that. No, exactly, Every time yeah. you eat a piece of meat mm-hmm. and you pull something out of your fridge or you go to Coles and get a rotisserie chicken, mm-hmm. you should you should feel the responsibility. You've taken that life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I guess it is that ignorance is bliss. And I think that what you guys do does conjure those emotions for people that don't want to feel those emotions. They just want to go to fucking Coles. No, they just right. want to get a yeah. rotisserie chicken. Yeah, they don't want to think about it. That's full desensitization from where meat comes from. And like, yeah. they, like I've had it, like, like I've been doing this for a long time now. And the amount of times that, um, the perfect example was, I was talking about hunting with a work colleague and we're at like a like a bar and he just ordered a steak and he was cutting up a steak and 
when the conversation sort of got to him, he's like, oh, I'm just more of a live and let live person. You know, like I don't see any reason to go out there and, you know, go hunting. And I'm like, dude, you're cutting up. That's an animal. You're cutting, you're cutting up an animal right now. Like what the hell are you talking about? You know, and it's just, it. that's just, that, that's how desensitized. They don't even think about it. It's not yeah. even a thought process. And I went in to like Woolworths or one of the grocery stores the other day and I was walking past and I was taking photos. I was trying to get, work out what's the prettiest packaging they can put meat in. Like they put it in such packaging that it doesn't even register that it's meat anymore. Like yeah. one of them's got like cartoon cows on it, yeah. like frolicking through a paddock. And like, that's like, a, there's a carcass underneath that. Yeah. It, like there's a dead cow in there, but that's how that's how they're selling it, you know? And, and like a part of me is like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, and cause I'll buy packaged meat sometimes as well. If I run out of venison or wild game in the fridge, yeah. I'll go out and buy packaged meat. But what hunting's done is whenever I buy meat, I never just look at it as food anymore. I realize that's an animal. Like yeah. an animal died for that to get there. Yeah. You know, but that's where the human race is at. You know, that's the the population, like not everyone could go out and hunting. That, that would be insane. Like we're past that now. But yeah. a beautiful way for select people, you know, well not select, but whoever chooses is to go and hunt your own meat and realize that and have a connection with it. And the understanding that comes with doing that is it's a complete and like like it like it seriously frees it's freed my mind and you know body that's how it's like nearly spiritual and how so how long have you been really focusing on eating your own meat that you've caught yourself so i started like you where you know and that's what australia's really pushed is you know feral animal control and you know you're just sort of happy to shoot things and well happy is a really crappy word to use because it's actually not like that at all you know there's there's you're happy that you've achieved something you yeah you, there's a goal in mind yeah, and, yeah. yeah that's right you, you know you reach certain goals like yes i stalked that animal i did a perfect shot the animal's dead you know it's not it's not like happy like you know yeah i killed it i killed it like yeah. you know what i mean but um then because you'd be a weirdo if that was the case. exactly yes <laughs> and then uh i don't know a few years later i started realizing like the value of what's sitting on the ground in front of me what i've killed that you know that's a complete resource and uh actually the way that i one of my neighbors where my property is um they shoot a bunch of deer just out of you know eradication you know trying to you know they compete with stock and the numbers are high so they shoot a lot out and he'd been doing that for 20 years and never ever eaten venison really and when i started hunting on his place i shot a deer and um I got it. I cut it all up. I, you know, I'd made some really nice cuts. I got a, like a meat saw and everything like that, and uh, cut these the ribs up. So he had all these like beautiful little cutlets, and I put them in the bag. Like I presented them perfect. You know, that's what you want it to look like, like meat from the store. You know, because yeah. that's what everyone thinks. That was the first venison that he'd ever eaten in all those years of shooting deer and leaving them on the ground. It was the first venison he ever eaten. It was absolutely delicious. And all those years, he'd be sh- shooting one of his own beasts, like a cow, like one of his own stock. He'd shoot his own stock and uh, cut that up to eat. But that night, go around to Spotlight and shoot 20 deer and leave them on the ground. Like, it's a com- it's a delicious meat, you know, and like it's, it is. It's a resource, you know. Yeah. Um, 
so anyway now he's eating deer and not shooting his cows so and, and the way that i explain it to him I'm like look these deer are running around the mountains everywhere like they're already there but you place an extra cow in the paddock which is extra strain on the environment you know yeah. like cattle aren't supposed to be in australia either like you know they're bad for the environment too but um they're here because that's why everyone's eating you know cattle and sheep and pigs so yeah and then so i guess like what was your first experience then with like hunting something and then eating it yourself like it what wouldn't have been with a bow i'm guessing uh no it would have been like when i was real young like seven or eight years old and we probably shot a kangaroo or something out with the rifles you yeah. know or a pig and was probably cooked up i've got a real early memory of shooting ducks with my mum as well and and eating those so like real young like that but but like me myself like making that decision for myself i don't know i can't even recall the first but it would have been a young young goat young feral goat yep which is delicious meat as well like young goat beautiful isn't it funny that you well not you but like we don't we only think of certain animals as like able to eat yeah yeah but when you and what what made me like really think about it was when we'd spent time up in like ti or like bamiga and those places and we'd um we'd be playing like footy up there or something and then you'd have a like dugong oh yeah turtle yeah yeah or goanna yeah and then like you'd start thinking of everything as food yeah and you're like fuck you can eat anything yeah but we just get conditioned to eat pigs oh totally and then that's that's kind of it that's what's Mm -hmm. safe and and a lot of people um yeah it's the same with just vegetables and fruits and, yeah, and yeah. all like people just eat you can eat anything yeah. but then like when I was in um, I think I was in Japan and I was eating like crickets like just in a popcorn bucket Yeah, and I'm just yeah. eating these deep fried crickets yeah. and the people I'm with I was with Americans they're just like what the fuck are you eating <laughs> and I was like man it's just it's the same all this stuff it's the same shit yeah. like life eats life yeah. and it all tastes all pretty food. good yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I've eaten uh I was in Norway. I ate whale. Yeah. Just yep. traditionally cook whale, like Alaska caribou sausages. Yeah, yeah. And it's like every, like if it walks around, like it's probably pretty decent to eat. Exactly, yeah, But yeah. people are conditioned so hard yep. to just think about three animals and you just, that's all you eat. Yeah. When I was in Japan, I ate some weird shit that you just, you just never thought to eat but then you get through it and you're like oh that was actually pretty good what what stuff was it ah oh, just like whale blabber as bacon like instead of bacon oh. they do that as bacon yeah and um uh, raw squid was really weird there was a heap of different sort of fish and urchins that i ate um and then like like real fatty meat completely uncooked like just completely rare like a chunk of meat like that thick with just heaps of marbling of fat through it and just you know like yeah. like i'm expecting it to be cooked because yeah. it comes out like a steak about that round and then that's then <laughs> that's that's well, that's it it's done there's no fire no nothing let's just eat the meat completely rare and i've did it on like i've been up the mountain and hungry and like you know shot a deer and like really fresh like like i mean like minutes dead yeah you know and like cut a bit of the flank off and ate that raw or something but it's like that fresh you know mm. like it's the the animal was just alive you know minutes ago my worry with eating raw food is like where where it's been Before, between there yeah. and getting to there you know so what's the deal with eating raw meat uh, like that it is depends it, like, it can't so, have worms like yeah. one of the big things for cooking red meat is 
you know, you if there's worms or anything in it, you you'd cook it and kill it. Um, but like in we're, so we're very lucky in Australia. Like most of our game animals are completely worm and disease free. You know that can be passed on the humans anyway. Um, so you're pretty safe there. But you know it's just looking at the condition of an animal. Like if there's a deer walking around all crippled and like you know mucus coming out of its nose and that. It's probably not there. No, that's right. Yeah. When I was in Hawaii with the Yeti crew, um, I think we ended up putting three or four deer pretty much out of their misery. They get some sort of disease over there. And Is they, that because of overpopulation, do you think? Uh, it could be, or like Lanai's got a crazy-looking power plant on it that yeah. <laughs> maybe they've been drinking water out of the power plant like the Simpsons. and Yeah. Like, because they're like, we called them radioactive deer. Like, they're all, really? they're all messed up yeah. and like... Um, I shot one that it looked like it couldn't like really breathe out of its face anymore. Its uh, nose had swollen up and its mouth had like sealed closed with mucus and stuff like that. And just like they're struggling, like they're not in a good way. So you just sort of shoot them and put them out of their misery. When I was uh, in uh, New Zealand, like all the wildlife that I've ever seen in New Zealand seems really healthy, but every now and then those tar, those Himalayan tar, they'll fall off the fall, mountain. Yeah. You might have seen those yeah. clips and um i got over to like uh like a bit of a drawer and i looked down there and there's just like blood everywhere like on the snow and ice and i'm like what's going on here like i was like is there another hunter here yeah you know and they've killed something and cut it up or something and then sort of walked over a bit further and like yeah here's one of these himalayan tar both of its front legs are snapped and it like just like in the ice can't move head down like just in absolute misery just shot it through the heart and just you know put it out of its misery so did you you ate one of those as well yeah you? the young one was delicious they're like a goat species and goat can be have like a bit of a pissy taste to it sometimes yeah and um yeah i shot a young one it was delicious mate it was i, I still say it's like i say this every time i eat something in the bush so because you're starving so but it was the best meat that i've ever eaten really yeah i just sewed it on a stick with you know a bit of fat between each like bit of meat that i put on the stick and just cooked it like slowly for like an hour and a half just over the coals and it mate it was the best <laughs> yeah so there's definitely something to be said about eating when you're like really hungry and I'm, yeah and i'm not talking like I've been busy at work and I yeah, haven't had yeah. lunch and then I oh, haven't had lunch. Like, that's yeah. not really hungry. You know what it makes you realise? We're all just fucking pigs, mate. Yeah. Because we have there's so much flavour in today's society, which is friggin' awesome, don't get me wrong. But it's also really bad because it starts wrecking all those natural tasting things. Yeah. You know, like like I do actually carry a little bit of spice in my backpack when I do those hunts and because once you eat just raw meat after that it's like it's just got a meat flavor and that's it you're so used to having like sauce or spices or you know everything that's been altered you know to taste better you know like you like imagine going back like a couple of hundred years and someone passed you a double coat tim tam dude Oh. Like you'd take a bite and you'd like seize up and like flip, <laughs> flip out, <laughs> you know what I mean? And probably get a friggin' boner at the same time. Like that's but that's how far like yeah, the human race has come. Well, they used to like kill people over salt and shit. Ah, like, exactly. Yeah. Wars over spices. Yeah, imagine what they would have did for a Tim Tam. <laughs> I um I had like a real um, gnarly kidney surgery, and after that, I I just sat on the couch for like weeks. Mm. I couldn't do shit, and I've got a 
I'm just, I have to be doing something, so I have to make something to do out of this bullshit of just laying on the couch. So I went like gnarly keto diet, and I um like no carbs, no sugar, full just cold turkey, mm. and um and I did it for about oh, I'm thinking maybe like eight weeks I did it, and then I went flew back to the states and started work, and um we were up in Lake Tahoe, we were hiking like doing this film shoot for Red Bull and all we did was we shopped at Costco mm. so we, we dropped like 700 bucks at oh, Costco awesome. so like you can imagine how much food that is <laughs> yeah. but it's all just shit yeah. like just fucking Twinkies and yeah, donuts yeah, yeah. and muesli but like just sugar 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 yeah, carbs yeah, carbs yeah. carbs like that's all it was and man I fucking felt like I was going to have a seizure because yeah. I just spent two months without any of this shit yeah, in my yeah. system yeah. and then I would just, it was the weirdest feeling thing and like I couldn't drink a Coke, man. Yep. Like, still to this day, mm-hmm. I drank a Coke, a can of Coke the other day for the first time in, like, maybe a year. Yeah, yeah. Because it just... Once you go back a little bit yep. and remove some of that shit from oh, your definitely, diet, yeah. you just, it's a different Yeah, thing. and you would have a drink and being like, what the hell is this shit? It like, was like... A, I felt like a cow licking up molasses. Yeah. Like, yep. it was that gnarly. Yeah. You'll do... Like, I'll do these big, like, wilderness hunts where you have very limited food. So, most of it, like, your day is you walk past berries, you pick the berries, you eat them. As long as they're safe to eat, you'll pick the berries and you'll eat them. You'll see, like, a dust, dusty grouse or something like that. You'll shoot that and you'll just, you'll eat the grouse, which is just like a little, you know, bird, like a big fat pigeon. And those things start, like, running out of your system, like all those flavors and stuff like that. Then you will eat meat you know like one of them was like day 27 i hadn't had meat that whole time and day 27 i was shot that on that big hunt yeah i shot a bull elk one. yeah and just the taste of the meat that all the extra taste that i was getting out of that meat was absolutely delicious water dude like yeah. i forgot how good water tasted because i've been putting so much you know i i just haven't had plain water like that for so long um, always putting like a bit of flavoring in there or you know drinking some other drink or something like that and I remember I cried dude like really? I'm not scared to say I fucking cried I had because I went I think I went um, I went 17 hours like a hard 17 hours of any water because I couldn't find a water source and I found this little trickle out of the mountain and it was more about the taste in that water and how thankful I was to have water you know and it's like you do you forget how good water is that's what i mean we're turning into like these slobs man yeah you know like you 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 just you forget those things you forget how good those little simple things are and fucking one of them's water and we're supposed to drink it every day you know so it's it's definitely like it's almost sad how we it's like it's almost sad how we take that stuff for granted yeah and people like especially in the whole like you go back to the instagram world where people like posting motivational quotes happiness mm-hmm. quotes all this bullshit yeah and it's like if one sip of water can make you that happy ah oh, totally and there's a person on instagram posting a quote like find, trying to find happiness yeah it's like 
there's a there's a guy out there that's just found extreme euphoria in a glass of water. In a water. So yeah. go and figure out how the fuck to get that back. Yeah. Because once you can be thankful for a drink of water, mm-hmm. like geez, happiness can't be that hard to no, find, no, right? That's right. It's yeah. like it's like people are focusing on the like the ninety eight percent of shit that doesn't really make you happy yeah and there's this there's this two percent out there mm-hmm. that if you really focus on that real simple two percent yeah you'll find that thing that no, you're that's looking right. for yeah it's you've got to go and find perspective like go and do something that's out of your comfort zone or whatever go without something for a week yeah whatever it is you know or like a lot of people seem to flog themselves out of exercise now and that's how they find it like they put themselves in so much discomfort you know in exercise that then when they get the stop you know like that's their realization you know sort of thing mine has been like just going like i want to go to the places that are unknown to me you know like that's my challenge like go to somewhere that i'm gonna feel like i'm out of my comfort zone go to somewhere that i feel like shit you know sort of thing and that's sometimes that's living out of a backpack sometimes that's you know hunting in the extreme heat of the northern territory or freezing cold of the alps of new zealand or you know whatever it might be but and and i i've been the person without doing that that i don't take shit for granted like i'm stoked about a phone you yeah. know like when you think about it like how amazing is that little bit of technology i hate it as well because it seems to control a lot of lives now but but you know whatever it is like i still turn a switch on at home and be like fuck, fuck. that's cool what yeah. like I still freak out over a camera or a video camera, dude. You're yeah. re- there's a device there that's filming me now. Hello. There's a device there that's filming me now and it's capturing this perfect image, voice and everything, and it runs through a fucking wire back into like a computer or something like that. And then you can send that somewhere else without a wire. Yeah. And it's that perfect, like, that's freaky, dude. Like that's some serious magic shit. You know, it's a, it, there's so many miracles in life that are just overlooked now. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like people aren't really looking for them. And, and I think like, I mean, I've said it a bunch of times on the podcast. I get on my positivity rant and like, mm. you can fucking like, but really, man, there's two perspectives in life. There's positive or negative. Yeah. And it's, you can cultivate those in your mind because it's a subjective reality. Mm-hmm. Like positive and negative might be this hard line thing to you. Like, oh, I just broke like... Um, I just broke my leg on my fucking WR like life's life yeah, yeah. or it's gonna be like you know what now I get a chance to read some books that no, I want that's to read right. and it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can cultivate that yeah. it's just easier to wallow yeah, in self pity and it's yeah. fuck it it's yeah. easy and it feels better to like feed your own ego and self importance yeah. of like you're the center of the universe and I think that people do forget that perspective is something that is totally up to you yeah there is no such thing as a hard perspective because someone could think that that water is just nothing and it just should be given to them and there's nothing but then you've been in a situation where you've been so fucking thirsty Mm -hmm. that that water is just like a godsend oh totally like a trans like a full experience that you've been given and Mm -hmm. then you can take that into everyday life like there's two people given the same water, mm. two different perspectives. Totally. So it means that you can yep. control it. Yeah. I hate, like, I hate the thought that anyone's going to waste their life being negative about anything, you know? And it's just the the sucky thing about being like that bowing image in Australia is you're always at the forefront of everyone's mind 
to be negative against so it's like like i'm constantly shutting that out like that's what i mean like i like to keep a tight crew yeah and but with my social presence i can't you know there's a whole bunch of people that get to talk shit about me if they want post whatever they want and you end up being the target for those sorts of things so but it's just cutting that out like Mm. if i if say i'm walking down the street and someone starts talking negative i can just simply Chat, walk, walk, across, walk away yeah. from them, you yeah. know and it's the same within your life like i i love these um you know you can't just keep people that cut people out of your life like that and then there's the dude holding a massive knife like you know like yeah watch me you can yeah, you, you can. can do that doesn't matter if it's family friends someone that you've known for your whole life if they're negative towards you and it can't change or it doesn't change you can just simply brush them to the side it's as simple as that and same with social media you know like i've done that a lot where you'll just see there'll be a certain person that just constantly talk and shit about you or not even you just something else you know and it's just like this you don't have to do that you know but a lot of the times you can't change those people they're just stuck in it and you just got to branch yourself away from them it's definitely sad especially um like i mean dude i struggle massively with coming against people that i just want to shut out of my life Mm. and i like I just had something recently where I forced to be around a person that I just can't gel with. And mm. so like I left school, I bought a camera and that's been my life. I made mm. it work. And if there was someone I didn't like working with, I never worked with them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I never, I've never really had to be in that forced environment where you've got to swallow your pride, mm-hmm. not say the things that you actually really want to say. And then I'm like starting to come up against that a little bit with some stuff. And I'm just like explaining to said person and i'm like you don't get it like mm. in my life i do the hard cutoff yeah i don't i don't talk to that i don't have to go to a job that yeah, i don't yeah. like i don't have to be if you're a piece of shit mm-hmm. i don't deal with you no, no, and that's, that's right. how i stay happy yeah. and and it's i'm not happy because i've got all the things i want I'm not happy because of financial security i'm not happy because of all the material things that you kind of get told that's why you will be mm. happy. I'm happy because I can cut people that are yeah, just yeah, exactly. fucking losers. Yeah, surround, surround yourself with nice people, not cunts. Dude, it's yeah. such a like it's such a simple formula. But I think, man, that's maybe like part of the problem is people can't just cut people out of their life mm. because they have to go to a job or they've got a you know like oh totally they've got all that's this when shit. it comes down to a lot more mind control where you're just like you're mentally ignoring that you know those conversations those sorts of comments and stuff like that you know i've seen it it's it seems to be getting worse and worse it's like australians i hate talking bad about australians and i'm not roping everyone in but typically australians are the worst at it like wherever i've been in the world oh my god tall poppy syndrome like you wouldn't believe and anyone with any sort of popularity is gonna get their share of it you know and it's just knowing how to deal with it essentially those people trying to wreck your life but there's no use trying to wreck their life back you know what i mean because that's just breeding it in your own mind and you know your own heart you know having that sort of hate so uh, it's a it's a difficult one and it's that that's the sucky bit about how social everything is now yeah you know like everyone gets that little bit of input you know and it's just learning how to shut that out well that's what you said go and live off the land ah, totally out, yeah out yeah but oh, what, yeah. what do you think why is it about australia like we growing up in cairns we called it deadly buggers 
Okay. So it was like deadly bugger syndrome. And then it would be all those people that would be like, oh, yeah, he's just a fucking deadly bugger. He thinks he's better than everyone. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you see, you get to a level of like, all right, me, why should I have a podcast? Why yeah, should, yeah. Why do, why should oh, I yeah, think yeah. I'm good enough to bloody yeah, yeah, yeah. have all these people and tell my <laughs> why am I fucking, yeah. you know, he just thinks he's such a deadly bugger. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, fuck, why do we do that shit? Yeah, don't I? Yeah, I know you can't win against it though because, uh, you know, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, um, there's a, I had one the other day and it's, there's a, there's a shot show down in Sydney at the moment. Yeah. And uh, like I've did, I don't know, I've did eight shows in Australia and I think I've done two in America, but the last two I did was in America and they're big shows and, and people that I, I'm an ambassador for got me out there. So, cause if, let's just say there's two days and it's like, you can go hunting for two days or you can go for a shop to a show for two days. I'm going hunting. Yeah. Right. And like my life's a com- constant juggle like this, like straight after this podcast, I'm racing out to an AFL game with my kids. Yeah. Then I'm going home and I've got a floor to lay at home you know, like it's a constant juggle. And anyway, someone's like, Oh, you're too good to come to the shot show. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like, what are you talking about? I've done a few of them. I'm busy. But it's like, if I go, oh, he thinks he's a big shot. Yeah. He's at the show, yeah. you know, marching around. If I yeah. don't go, oh, we're not good enough for you. It's yeah. like, you can't fucking win against these people. <laughs> so you just got to ignore it. You just, I'm just living my life. I'm doing what I do. And you're doing, this is what you're supposed to be doing, dude. Yeah. Like nothing's supposed to change. And some fucking stranger that tries to have a bit of influence and two cents on us, like, fuck off. Well, that, dude, I had like, I've been pretty lucky, man. Like everyone's super supportive of, of it and i think that you know like i'm just fucking doing it for the right reasons like yeah as soon as i got the feedback from people like we had a couple episodes where um we had a do you know robbie madison he's like the guy that he did the water bike in tahiti like rode the way oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so he's like a real good mate of mine and he come on and and like man we just we got in deep like super heavy like i just thought we were gonna fucking g up and talk <laughs> some shit and um we talked about this day that I was at his house and he crashed, he had a seizure and yeah, like, shit. it was fucking gnarly, like he nearly died. Yeah. And then he started talking about depression he was getting because mm. of the head injury, like just fully fucked him up. And um, and I was just like, geez, like that was full on. And it was real early in like doing the podcast. And then dude just got so many messages from people that were like, oh mate, like I've struggled with depression mm. and I just never want to talk about it. And seeing a guy like that, talk about it makes me feel like maybe I'm not a fucking loser and I'm just like damn like alright well just that's a reason to do it Mm. like if you can oh totally you know if you can put good shit out there and I guess that's like maybe circling back to what you were saying at the start is like there's that 99% of you doesn't want to quote unquote be famous but Mm. then there's that 1% that goes well this is a message worth spreading yeah, yeah totally so you kind of will take a hit yeah to, to oh, definitely. give that message i get like i get bombarded with the even the ones i used to be a vegan now i understand yeah. hunting through you and now i'm trying to you know source my own meat um you know i've had the thousands and thousands and thousands of people say look i bought my first bow because of you yeah. i didn't realize how awesome the outdoors was and i was like yeah i'm glad i'm doing this yeah i am glad i'm doing this but you know i just 
I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is that like you know the oh you're the you know the famous bow hunter that just fell in my lap you know people uh, like oh you got such and such as sponsors they just fell in my lap I didn't do it to get sponsors yeah you know I didn't do it to be f- famous you know I didn't do it for you know endorsements I didn't do it for any of those things they've just come with it because before there was social media I was still promoting bow hunting. Yeah, I was right. still promoting the outdoors. I was the youngest tradie on a site of about 700 tradies and I used to take in hunting magazines and it would just be the guys in the smoko room. like You're just a frother, like trying to And I'd be talking life. to them and stuff like that and then I'll never forget it. There was a couple of the older guys on that site, you know, like we are in their, you know, maybe late 40s, early 50s, went out and got their bow and one thing they said to me, they wish they knew about it earlier. Yeah. You know, because of where they were in their life. But they they loved it, dude. They used to go to the pub on mm. Friday afternoons. They used to go down to the pub and drink. On Saturday, they used to go down the pub or whatever. And then Sunday was a chill-out day just sitting on the couch at home. Watching the footy. <laughs> Mate, now Friday afternoon, they leave work. They organize a hunt, take their kids camping and stuff like that. The Saturday, they are outdoors hunting. And the Sunday, they're getting back and organizing their hunt for the next weekend or next, you know, one of the weekends the next month. That was the difference. But those guys, had, I'll say wasted because I, I, I yeah. feel like it's wasted. Those guys had wasted all those other weekends and free time and stuff out of work doing shit that they necessarily didn't like. They were just slumped into it, you know, like, and that, like, that's what I, I hate the thought that someone's, that's what someone's doing. In, yeah. They don't even know hunting exists. They don't even know how good camping or hiking or exploring or nature is. The air out there is enriching for you. Like, yeah. that's how I feel. Like, you get out there and you breathe and it's the stupidest, stupidest I name. Totally I call it. it wild air. Yeah. <laughs> is that how dumb is that? Like all all like air's air, but when you're in the city, it's like Dude. it's not wild air anymore. It's like it's polluted. It's not the same. It it's doesn't have the same. Shit. Exactly. Yeah. Do you ever get when you jump off the plane at LAX and you first get your bags and you walk outside to where the cabs are? Yeah. Do you just get that fucking heavy oh, stench totally. like yeah. oh man, and I'm, yeah. I'm not shitting on America. Yeah. But god damn i hate that i get off the plane and it used to depress me like when i went back there i'd mm. feel sad yeah because i'm breathing in this shit oh, like totally, i could yeah. taste it i could smell yeah. just felt like you know uh well it's even a lot better than it used to be because yeah, really? they brought in like a like a clean air act or oh, something like yeah, that they did. yeah but it, but it's still like horrible yeah totally no i think about it like uh mr smith in the matrix you know, when oh, like talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Talking <laughs> but I just, it just freaked me out. And like, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd be in traffic all the time on like the 405 or the 10 or whatever. Mm. Just all those cars and trucks. Oh, totally. And like, it's so fucked. Right, Even like, Sydney, dude. Like, I, yeah. like I go to Sydney and everyone's beeping horns at each other. And it's just like, fucking just calm down. Sydney's like, hectic, man, to yeah. drive, eh? That's one of the oh, gnarliest yeah. cities yeah. in Australia for sure to drive. Yeah. People just don't give a fuck. I hate it. I'm just like, how much time am I wasting just sitting in traffic? Imagine living there and doing that every day. Like how much of a year do people waste, you know, sitting in traffic? It's fucking sad, dude. It's heavy to think that um, it's the cumulative effect Mm. of it's it's not just like every day yeah like you if you break it up to a year yeah and then you add the time that you've been in traffic oh totally you just yeah. go, what 
Like I'm that's a full sad, holiday. I'm full saddened by where the human race has gotten to. Is, it's so fucking sucks. Like the you know how you know everyone's got to have a job and finance for this and that, and it's just could be so much more simpler and better. And I feel like people would be so much more happier. It's hard. Like I went to jujitsu the other morning, and I've just been flat out this week. Like I was saying, I was trying to come do this with you on yeah, like yeah, Wednesday, yeah. and it was just one thing after another. And I got to jujitsu in the morning. And uh, I said to one of the boys, I hadn't seen him for a bit, and I was like, what's happening, mate? And he's like, fuck, man, can't do this because I'm have to be at work to pay to do this. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, mm. like, how shit is that, that you're going to work to pay for the thing that you want to be doing? Yeah, And it's totally. like so many people are caught. And it's like that whole more money, more problems thing. Yeah. Like if you it's all good to have like the nice house, the nice car, the nice boat. The, but like you start stacking up them payments, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you can't leave. Oh, totally. Cause yeah. it's like, how do you afford to go yeah. anywhere? I did the opposite where I, I was making good money, like started my own business and, but I was broke constantly because I was spending it all on going away going from away. the business yeah. and enjoying life. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's really weird, but it's like, yeah, you, no, we've got a really good business. It's going really well. I don't have any spare money yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I spend it all on fucking living life, you know. But um, it's and it's so hard today to find like somewhere where you can make that extra money so you can step away. Like that's you know, there's so many just nine to five jobs just making the week, you know. Yeah, you know, just making the week work financially. You know, each each week, you know, it's hard to find that. You know, and then you get so caught into it where you are going to make good money, but then you can't step away from it, like your mate said, to yeah. do what he wants to do. You know, yeah, it's definitely fuck. It's where we're at though, but I guess it's like it's the same thing about like why why we all have to eat that packaged meat. Ah, oh, totally. Because there's, yeah, you've got fuck. There's, it, there's no time certain, to go yeah. hunting and get your own meat. There's no like that's and that's just where the human population is that we just have to have fucking mass slaughterhouses and stuff like that and it's like i've worked in them and it's not a great environment i worked at how was that dubbo um i didn't like it yeah you know like i'm it sounds funny as well but i'm still like i'm super sensitive about killing an animal you know it's not something that i just like you know i'm desensitized to um and then working in a place like that where it's like mass killing you know yeah. like you know 700 sheep hanging upside down coming down a line and and that actually pushed me more towards harvesting my own meat as well because there was <clears throat> i think there was 400 people on a chain like a chain's like where the dead sheep comes through and everyone's got a certain cut or whatever they do yeah. that's just on the slaughter floor that's before it starts getting cut up for packaging it would go past seven uh it'd go past 400 people so 400 mouths you know 800 uh, like hands on it and shit. exactly Ooh. you know what i mean and then your meat gets to a section where it goes in the packaging but i i would say the kill because a lot of people talk down on the kill process of how they you know kill a sheep but it's actually i i looked at it as quite a humane method how it's done how do they know? do it mostly uh, it's a spike to the head, so it's like a, it's it's on a machine that's like a, a gun, and you pull the trigger, and this one was air operated, I believe, and it'd shoot a spike out. Oh, fucking people don't want to listen to this shit, but yeah. it would shoot a spike out and spike the brain, you know. Then so it's fucking 
yeah the thing is when something brain like that and because i've had this discussion with some rifle shooters before about shooting stuff in the head the body's still alive the animal's still essentially alive but it can't use there's no cognitive no it can't use any of it so let's just say i was bow hunting and i shot and the animal moved or whatever and accidentally shot it in the head or the spine because the spine will you know the animal can't move it's not dead you know so you put another arrow on like instantly and shoot it through the heart or the lungs like the vital area that's what kills an animal with bow hunting blood loss yeah and so what they do at the abattoirs they'll spike it and then seconds later they cut its throat so it bleeds out because you don't the less blood in your meat the better yeah and uh so within seconds like the animal's life ended you know and it is i wouldn't say it's as definitely not as peaceful as like hunting because what happens when you're bow hunting to start with the animal's got no idea you're there so there's there's no idea or stress that there's danger exactly yeah then you shoot it and they don't run as in like oh i've been shot they run as in just to escape no yeah. different than going oi and it runs, and it runs off. off yeah right so you'll shoot it your arrow is very sharp if, if you ever cut yourself with something sharp you don't even know you cut nah. until you see the blood and you're like oh shit yeah you know what i mean and i'm and sure there'd be a certain amount of like adrenaline too that oh 100 percent to where it take, goes numb takes right? over yeah so um and, and like it takes seconds like an, a shot through the double lungs or the heart like they're, they're cool. down within seconds so the animal runs off and many many cases I've seen the animal will run off and then stop and look back like oh what like they'll stop to like now I'm at a safe yeah. distance like what danger is that and then they'll like when people get like bitten by a mosquito and then they like hit and then they're like what the fuck was that yeah like yeah, a bug, yeah. You know? yeah yeah and so they'll look back and be like what was that and then they'll fall yeah. over go unconscious dead you know so they don't and i've seen animals shot that lift their head up because they hear something or you know and they don't even know whatever and then they put their head back down the feed because they don't even know and then fall over you know that's wild eh? so it's definitely not as peaceful as hunting because you know these sheep or cattle are pushed through a race and things like that but it's like sort of what they are not say what they know but it's sort of what they don't know so they're just you know Look, that's it. I'm not hating on it. That's why I'm trying to explain it a bit yeah. better to the audience. It just is what it is. You shouldn't eat meat, you know. Without knowing. No, but you shouldn't eat meat without knowing. Like, especially yeah. the part about, yeah, it was an animal. Like, the, the, the value of a deer and a cow and a sheep and a pig, they're all exactly the, the same. same shit. They're all animals, you yeah. know. There's, well, pigs are ugly. Just shoot them. No, yeah. what, what, what the fuck are you talking about? It's still an animal. Yeah. Like, I don't see it any different than, like, I wouldn't kill, like, a gecko or something in my house it's still yeah. an animal you know like and it, there's there's so many people that are like walking around fly spray like just like killing every insect there is but oh hunters are barbaric well it's even like just driving here there's just kangaroos on the road mm. everywhere there's foxes on the road possums like shit just, just gets carved up yeah, like yeah. it's a part of being alive is that mm. at any point you could die exactly and, yeah and it's those, you know, those same people that they'll hit a kangaroo in their car mm-hmm. and, like, how many of these people stop to check a joey's in the pouch? No, that's right, Or, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's like, do you really care? No, or no. Is, or is or this is it... an easy way for you to clear your conscience? Yeah, exactly, By yeah. having a dig yeah. at the guys that are yeah. doing this, is it is it that moral exactly, kind of grandstanding? Yeah. The other thing is the world's fucked. If without death, the world's fucked. Let's in, just say tomorrow we yeah. work out a way that nothing ever has to die again. 
the world's gonna die. Yeah. If nothing dies again, the world's gonna die. That death is how the world's feeding. Like the world's the ultimate predator, hundred mm. percent. Like everything dies and goes back into the earth. You know, so it's yeah, the the, the only way the earth's gonna keep being what it is is with death you know fertilization back into the earth for growth it's you know insects parasites all those things even the things we don't think about like parasites oh fuck that you know like we don't want parasites if we didn't have parasites there'd be no breakdown you know Mm. there'd be no what i said fertilization to the earth like that's all death is just all part of this whole system you know, I just want to hang on till I'm about eighty. I'm happy. <laughs> you know, but um, it's just yeah. Um, with the I that whole the videos that you posted about killing the tar that were mm-hmm. fucked up from falling, mm-hmm. like I think that that was definitely like heavy to see oh, yeah. that whole thing because it wasn't like like save for people like. I've got my head around the fact that you're out there and you're killing for meat and all that sort of stuff. But then it's like, that was the reality of like, well, if you're not there taking that animal and eating it and whatever, that poor bastard would have just sat there for how long? Days, yeah. And just this, this like, but that's happening right now. Yeah. There's some Constantly. car that's just fallen off a cliff and that yep. poor bath, like, it's just how it goes. And yep. it, it does suck, but like, yeah, we're def- we're you know we're in a nice soundproof studio in Newcastle, mm. and it's easy sort of not to think about it. But it's yeah. like you know you well, bring that a to hunter, people's attention. That's right, and being a hunter brings that to your attention because you see those sorts mm. of things. You know, like like everyone's like, let's just say someone like even the farmer that shoots the deer and it's like, oh, it's such a waste. It's such a waste to who? To us, because that's a really ignorant, selfish thing to say because it's not a waste at all. You never walk into the bush and like a deer that died last year is still sitting there. No way. It's completely faded out. There's white bones on the ground that there's still parasites in working and living off and Mm. thriving off. All like there's no such thing as waste. There isn't there's there's waste to humans. Yeah. But there's really no such thing as waste. Not when it comes to meat, not when it comes to, you know, organic material like that. It's all recycled back into the earth. Um and then so someone said I got a lot of hate when I shot uh I shot a fox or it was either yeah, a fox or yeah. a wild dog. Yeah. And I got a lot of hate. Did you eat it? No, I didn't fucking eat it. Oh, well, then that's a waste. Why'd you shoot it for? I shot it because it's a predator and they don't have any other predators and they need controlling. Yeah. Fucking human being. I'm a predator. Like, that's just what it is. And I don't mean predator in like a savage, angry way, you know, like... Red mist. I just mean that's part of the fucking food chain. I just mean that's part of the cycle when I say predator. But you know you go back the fox isn't there anymore or the wild dog isn't there anymore it's the same all those parasites the birds you know it's scavengers beetles everything use that and ate from it there was no waste at all how was um how was that new zealand trip because i guess that's sort of like how i reached out as you're like oh i might talk about it on podcast and i was like oh maybe you can talk about on this podcast because new zealand so my mate brett wives is my version of you yeah, okay. he's my friend. That's Adam Green Tree. Yeah, right. He's the fucking biggest legend of all time. Yeah, right. He actually texts me some questions I got to ask you. Um, but I said to him, I was like, because I, I mean, I'm super busy as well. Like, I've probably got too much stuff mm. that I like doing. But I just said to him, I was like, fuck, 
because he's got a property up in um, the like the Gold Coast kind of hinterland, mm-hmm. and um, he's got he's got like a five k target. He he's just rifle hunts, and um, he's got a five k loop up through his mountains behind his house, and he's got tin plates mm-hmm. up on trees. So he simulates the hunt, got the full big backpack on. He goes up, he's got his rifle, gets in a position, bang, hits that target up to the yeah, next right. target. He's keen. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. He's a fucking, he's a legend. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so he's. I said to him last time we were up there riding because he's got a motocross track at his house as well. So we go up there and ride bikes, and um, and he's like, "Fuck, mate, I'm in, I'm in, I'm keen." Because we're doing a trip to uh, September at the end of the year to ride ride motocross in New Zealand. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. said to him. And I mean, I haven't been hunting since I was a kid. Mm. And I said to him, I was like, fuck man, like maybe let's do the motocross thing that we're going to do. And I was like, let's, then let's spend five days backpacking through mm. like what you do. Yeah. And I was like, if, if it's gone, I've, I've only shot a bow a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I said, oh, even I take a bow, you take a rifle. If I fucking miss, then yeah. you yeah. can, you can get the, the, the country, the terrain's it like really favors rifle shooting like definitely 100 percent take your bow like that's what what i promote but yeah. there's just you'll see like there was one morning i got up and i was you know glass in the mountains like putting the binoculars over the mountains in the spot and scope and i'd think i counted 17 bull tar 17 bull tar and i'm like this is amazing you might get to one though yeah like that so there's 16 bull tar that you can't even reach like like you just you die getting there you know that's the sort of terrain it is but with a gun you can pick them on a certain slope where you'll shoot it and, and then they can fall yeah down. and that's what a lot of the good guides will sort of practice and preach you know yeah so it is favorable to rifle shooting but you know you definitely got to take the bow it's like that's what the challenge that's what the challenge yeah. is you know that's well, freaking awesome i got a, a mate of mine in um because i was like i was like man i'm a rabbit hole guy Mm. so i'm just like fucking oh and there it goes i'm yeah, out yeah, yeah, so yeah. like i had um <laughs> i shot i shot one my mate uh costa up in cairns and he's got his little nephew and that he he shoots pigs with his bow yeah and um and he's like yeah yeah yeah, give us a go and right we're just shooting a bucket at like 40 yards or 50 yards or something yeah. like that and I, I was nailing the but no it was an esky so we're shooting straight through this old esky and i hit it a, a few times and then he's like fuck yeah he's like, oh, you should get a bow and i was like I know where that's going to take me. I'll, I'll be in fucking somewhere in, in Hungary or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. three months later. But yeah, so then Brett, Brett got all fired up. So he's like, he's like, you got to ask Adam what, what we should take to New Zealand, what size backpack he's using. Because yeah. he's like, he, he, he's like you because he's all about the struggle. Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy that wants to go out in the packs get fucking smashed by yeah, midges yeah. for five days not have any water be hungry the whole mm-hmm. time and that's his that's his like come to jesus shit yeah yeah that, yeah, you know, yeah so i fucking love it i thrive on it just what you just said then you know like get right out of your comfort zone you get so far out of your comfort zone and because you love it because you're passionate about it that it's not it becomes not out of your comfort zone at all. Yeah, it becomes you, the place you need it, to get exactly, to. Exactly, yeah. you know. And then, and so that's what New Zealand was this year. I just did a little bit of research on a couple of areas that I could walk into and get into, places that had tar. So where did that, you start? I started like on the Landsborough side. So, you know, South Island, New Zealand, beautiful. And like, have you, you've been over there a couple of times. Yeah. 
Every time I've gone to go over, I've done a Nick Joyce and pumped myself. Yeah, right. So like I had a, I had a Yamaha was going to fly me out for a um, new bike test. They yeah. did a new bike launch. Done this collarbone. Oh, shit. And then um, there was a Supercross race that I was supposed to go and cover. Done this collarbone. Fuck. So like right before September, I ain't doing shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fucking wrap myself up. <laughs> but I haven't been over there. I'm but. the same. Whenever a big hunt's coming up, like, oh, don't break a leg now. Any other time of the year, like whatever. But, whatever, you know, yeah. just die after this happens, you know. Yeah. But so New Zealand's got their shit down pat. Miles of public land, like insane amounts of public land all beautiful like all fairly accessible if you're fit and can walk in um uh Docklands is like uh Docklands is their public lands but also their national parks over there you can hunt in the national parks so you go online you apply for like a hunting permit mm. and like I'm used to getting to the point where you put your credit card details in and they smash you for that permit and then the number just comes up, your permit number. And I'm like, where do I pay for this? You don't fucking pay for this. It's really? fucking free. New Zealand is so good. Fuck. Tons of game, all introduced, so classified so no, as feral. Yeah. So there's no tags or anything. Um, you know, you're basically doing the environment of service, anything that you sort of shoot over there. But New Zealand hunters, you know, very respectable, switched on mob and they're not trying to eradicate the species because that's never going to happen yeah that but they're just trying to manage them better you know what i mean so uh, they've got an awesome system well i just wanted to start with that so anyway i get permits you know and and uh the first place i went in was up the up the landsborough and um that's pretty much all tar there was no chamois there and got in there did some it's the sort of place that you go and i'm like the person that i'll take risks that i know i probably shouldn't have until i get to the point where i'm like yeah fuck and like sort of place that like i scribed family on the back of me bow so i was whenever i had the bow i was looking at that and just like trying to i don't even know why i did it like i come back i actually come home sort of really confused like and, rattled by it well just questioning myself like why do you do that like i don't know i don't know what triggers me to want to do that real explorey fucking mission shit what's that feeling that you get on that say like that it was it like the ledge that you were climbing across yeah so like to explain that better i was seven days into the hunt and i'd pretty much gone two and a half days back in and i come up a section in those two and a half days that i'm like i cannot go back that way do not go back that way it's fucking risking your life going up's one thing your hands are in front of you you're looking forward you know you're sort of taking the pack weight up and everything because you know you've got 30 kilos or whatever in your backpack or it mightn't be that it might be more like 20 when you fin it down and you're sort of taking that up the whole way going back going down's a different thing because you're stepping onto where you can't yeah. see properly and you're sort of lowering the you pack weight, weight pushing you down exactly and it's just you, you'll come past disaster so you don't want to go back that way you already know how bad it is and when I looked at my map it showed a gradual detour about two and a half days back it showed a gradual detour down a mountain that would get into a river system and then you could travel the river back down to the highway hit the highway and then walk back to where the vehicle parked and so on that last day the weather come in real bad it rained there was a bit of snow earlier in the night and then it rained in the morning and uh 
I sort of slid down a couple of sections that, you know, you could see it like flat, mat, matted out on the bottom with fresh snow so you could sort of slide down there looking at this map thinking well, it's a much easier way down. So I slid down a couple of sections that I definitely wouldn't be game enough to go back up now and I got there and it was completely bluffed out like fucking... I mean, oh. sheer cliffs. Like you're looking over, you'll see the, those videos on yeah. Instagram. Maybe we'll put the video over the top of this or something. So yeah, and you sort of it was just all cliffed out wherever you went. One side was worse. One side would have been like, you know, a kilometre fall to the bottom, <sighs> and one side was bad, but there wasn't so much snow and ice on there. Well, so it looked, but you can't. You can only see over so far because they dip off, you know. So you're sort of looking into the blind bliss and. Um, I didn't realise but there was a glacier underneath me it just had fresh snow on top oh. and what happens when you get that fresh snow on top you got crampons or you got spikes on your boot and they fall, they come down on the snow and the snow compacts and then you're actually not touching that blue ice you're not actually touching you know that glacier because the, the snow is compacted and yep. it's holding the spikes on so, so then you've got that shearing force from the snow on yeah. the glacier. So I'm so I'm going backwards and I've got an ice axe that straps around this wrist here and like I'm slowly slipping, like only a couple of the teeth are grabbing in on this boot here. I'm slowly slipping and the ice axe is sort of going as well. It's sort of pulling a little bit. And then I'm kicking with this boot here and I like and it was a bit of a it's it's a funny situation it's like someone gives you a puzzle and then fucking puts a gun to your head and they're like solve that or Or i'm gonna fucking shoot you so it's like you don't have time to think i'm gonna fucking die i'm never gonna see my family you're just trying to fucking work the puzzle out and as i'm fucking kicking i look down the cramp on on this boots completely kicked off and it's sliding down on the fucking ice and it hooks on this little branch it was like a fucking real shitty hollywood movie that i was stuck in (laughs) <laughs> and you see this cramp on you sort of you can't you can't like you can't get a good look like as soon as you do that your body weight's past the balance point and you're gone because you got the pack yeah so you're like you're trying to look past yourself and shit like that and um if you've ever held your hands up above your head for a little while with just a tiny little bit of weight in them like a minute starts killing yeah and i'm sort of holding this hand here trying to get you know grip into like this snow and compact the snow this hand here and all my body weight's just swinging from this wrist and i'm like this is this is fucking it make a decision and i'm like drop the pack and like you don't realize the pack's got all my safety gear in it except for like a like I had an E-perb. I was going to say, you got an E-perb on you? I knew I was going in the shit country, so I had it clipped onto me binocular harness. And it wasn't like I could just throw the pack off because this hand's locked in. It would have ripped the ice axe oh. out and I was definitely gone. So it's like, you're f- and your mind is working so much fucking better than any other time in a situation like that. And it, like straight away, it's like, take that shoulder off, change hands. So I had to tuck this hand up through the thing grab back on the ice axe and then you know and it's fucking you don't talk to anyone up there or whatever so i'm talking to my backpack because it's fucking pretty much got my whole life on it and i'm like well see ya and i fucking let the pack off and i was hoping when you're looking at all white like that and you can't really tell what angle shit runs and I could just see a, like a white section about 10 or 20 metres below me and I'm like, oh, maybe that flattens off in a bench and it's all snow. And then the pack might... And you're sort of looking past and I look down and you just see the fucking pack go... Like, 
shoot out into oblivion and then i'm listening 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 crack Fuck. like that's how long it took to hit the bottom pass there i'm like fucking hell and like you know everything's <laughs> fucked yeah. you know and then you, i still don't know if i can get to there i still don't know if i can get to that point i now i don't know if i'm sleeping on the mountain for the night i don't have any me safety what time gear. is this it's about 11 30 something in the day oh. maybe a little bit early 9 30 and it's full clouded out like it's raining and shit you can't see fuck all and uh my sleeping bags there my tents in there any food that i want in there a lighter's in there a torch is in there all everything's in there Your bow and everything's yeah. obviously and if you had to stay on the mountain another night no you'd have to hit the sos button yeah, and get a chopper in imperb, yeah and so anyway i start climbing down and my ice axe extends out to a walking stick you twist it you pull it out so far before the whole thing pulls falls apart you pull it out so far and then you turn it again and it's a walking stick so i sort of now i feel like fucking spider-man i just dropped 20 kilos that i've been carrying around for seven or eight days now i'm sticking to the mountain flat out with one cramp on on and i climb down fucking get to where the other crampon is and i can't step out on the ledge anymore it's actually shot out on the ledge and caught on a like little bit of branch and like a fucking furry bush and uh i reach out as far as i can with the ice axe extended into the thing and like it's two inches away from fucking hooking the thing that's why it was like i was in a shitty hollywood movie i'm like you can't (laughs) fucking make this shit up so then i climb back get me balanced right back onto the ice and I turn the ice axe again and I pull it out and there's like a section where it says stop and I go past the stop and I go right to this grommet that holds the whole thing together. And I just turn it just on the grommet I reach back out and I can just grab one of the laces from the fucking crampon. So I fucking get that. And you're, like you're on a slope like this and it's ice. Like you can't turn around and sit on your ass. You can't take a no. fucking foot off the ground. It's like three points of contact constantly. So then I had to climb up another 10 metres to where it was like a bit more snowy and icy, get the ice axe, fucking chisel out a section that you can sit on. Because as soon as you put clothing on that ice, like clothing's smooth, you know, it needs to be something aggressive that sticks in there. So I had to chisel out a bench that I could actually fucking sit on, put the other cramp on, on tighten that one up. Oh, horrible, mate. Like killing. And all that to go probably another five meters past the cramp on and there's a fucking just a smooth rock cliff face that's on an angle like this it's running back the opposite way it's not running this way and it's just all smooth ice over the top there's nothing to grip onto and uh it took about 20 minutes of courage and trying with my weight balance to drop it because you're just dropping past your legs reach dropping dropping nothing nothing like fuck so what do you mean jumping? Are you it. like trying to jump onto it? Basically? No, you're not like, jumping. You just got to move all of your weight from this leg, which you're pretty much sitting on and standing out this leg to like just thin air. And like I, my body weight would probably try and lose balance about that far from getting a leg down and uh, fixing balance. And because the rock ledge is like this and it's smooth, you got to keep all your weight as far that way as you can so it's literally a cheek on the face like that and it's like fucking deaths like there you know and and in that 20 minutes because it was like i was in a section where i had good balance without dropping over then do start thinking like ah oh, you fucked up you fucked you up. shouldn't have come down this way 
like you you know you're gonna get to see your wife and kid again and it's just Have like you told why Kim did they this do story? this yeah i kept it from her for starters and then i told her because i did i had a big deep and meaningful with her like i don't understand why i do that like i don't i don't know why there's a romance in that for me i don't know if it is a romance i just i didn't understand it myself like why but there's do like I, a pull there's a pull there's definitely a pull it's like I don't know sometimes I feel like I was born in the fucking wrong area and I wish I was exploring a country that never been walked on before or like I like I don't know. I still can't put I don't know I fucking don't know if it's something instilled in me is it some blood that run, I don't I just don't know how to explain it but mm. anyway eventually I got the courage up to I had the binos on my chest and they held me out about that much and I fucking threw them down the mountain I'm like took them off fucking see ya see ya like I'm at the point where I can't fuck around I got my phone in a pocket which connects to me Garmin GPS which has got the like EPIRB built into it the SOS that's the only two items I had left on me and the ice axe and I got to the point and I like I got to that phase and I'm dropping down dropping down dropping down and then just feel it underneath me like just as I'm about to lose balance I feel that foot touch down like you can push a bit of back pressure on it and so I go past this cliff face because there's a little ledge at the bottom of about that wide. That's what I'm trying to get my foot on that drop down. And I get to a point and I'm at a point now where there's a satisfaction in if I go to fall, if I go to fall and I push off and I go a meter that way, I'll go into a chute where as long as I don't hit my head on the way down, I'll break bones, but I'll survive. Or if I fall there, I'm fucking dead like that was the difference a shoot went that way and it went hundreds of meters off a cliff and a shoot went that way and it went like a hundred meters gradual into rocks and stuff down the bottom god damn and there was relief in just that like i'm just gonna break legs or whatever then i'll hit the relief in a 50 50 yeah and i'm like i don't like is my pride too big to fucking hit the sos button already like you're in a fuck situation you should already hit it but it's like no no i'll just once i break legs then i'll hit it and Anyway, eventually I get to there and I sort of fucking Spider-Man between the things, get down there and what looked like a gradual like snow and ice going that way and rocks from the top was still fucking like this. But Mm. all of it was like you're just going to break legs if you fall here. And I end up going 400 metres down that to find my bow shattered in pieces because the bow's strapped to the backpack. You can't walk around with a bow there. It's like you need all your hands and limbs the bow's shattered in pieces then i start finding some broken arrows some other pack contents and then eventually i find the backpack down in this ditch so there's a relief too like i've got my sleeping bag you know i've got um a lighter if i need to light a fire or whatever and actually put the backpack on it was pretty damaged up and then i'm like oh happy days and then there's like water running down through this section this whole big like gutter this big washed out sort of valley between two mountains and the fucking water's getting louder and this whole day tried to kill me dude and the water's getting louder and louder and louder and i get there and there's a fucking mass waterfall and it's just like this the edge of it's like this and i've come down in this steep valley and there's this flowing over edge and i'm like fuck i can't get down there so I had, more thing. I had to climb up find another section through the mountain climb up high go past it then drop back in and then then it's smooth sailing for like a couple of hundred meters then the water gets louder again fucking another waterfall 
I come across three waterfalls and they're not waterfalls like where oh, I'll throw my pack off and then I'll just jump in the water. Yeah. The, the water's like, freezing, whoosh, which yeah. I could handle, but it's fucking raging and it's just raging in the other rock. So it's like yeah. half a meter deep. That's all it is. And it's gone in the solid rock. There's no water there. And <clears throat> there was one section where I got so caught. I had two banks like this and a, and a waterfall in front of me, not as big as the other ones, but like a fall that, you know, you're still fucking dead. And there was a big old tree that had washed out of one of these banks, you know, and it was like sort of about that thickness. And I dragged it over to the edge and I locked it between two big rocks where the root system was where it washed out. I locked the root system between these fucking rocks and I'm climbing down this tree down and it only went so far down but then it went to a point where if I just left my body weight on the rock to slow me up when I hit the bottom it wouldn't fucking hurt yeah, well it did fucking hurt I ended up getting to the bottom of the tree where the tree run out and then letting go of the tree and sliding down on the rocks like my whole front's like ripping on these rocks gripping on the rocks and then hit the bottom and it just like jarred me ankles and me knees and stuff like that but like as in just a rough jar you know yeah. and then then I went again and I got to a waterfall that you just couldn't pass and I ended up having to cut back through the mountain like on a horrible slope but at least there was like shrubbery and stuff that I could sort of pull myself up on and anyway cut because there was heaps more dramas but to cut a long story short I ended up dropping out to the river and because it's fucking raining the river was raging and I had to fucking cross it three different times oh. and I got a big backpack on and I'm just bopping through the river in the fucking rapids like trying to get to the other side and then you'd get footing on the other side walk out and then I'd be like happy days walk down the river and then the river would wash into a big bank and it'd just be like a sheer rock cliff and then I'm just caught in this V and I have to bop across the river again. And then the third time across the river, I got all the way down and it's just starting to get dark now. Dude, and, so this and, is from like 9.30 a.m. No, like no, no, dusk. way before that. I started two hours in the dark of the morning just to get to the point where I got bluffed out and I would have been bluffed out at like seven in the morning you know and then started dropping down but the point where i said it was like 9 30 was where i was in that, that real that. shitty spot yeah, yeah. you know yeah and i get all the way down there and on the south island in new zealand the bridges are like one car wide and super fucking narrow and super long across those big rivers and to the point where you see side view mirrors sitting on the road where people collect their mirrors. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not fucking surviving today. And then a tourist hits me on the fucking bridge. And so I bop through the river under the bridge again to get to the side that the car was on and walk down to the car. And then <laughs> it was funny. Like, I was thinking about it all. I just had my head down. That's where I was really questioning myself. Like, why did you do that? And then... You know, I I had to reason with myself. It's you know, I had to go back and be it's because you thought you know, the map showed a gradual detour down there. It looks safer than the other way. You didn't mean to take that risk, you know, and then just things like that, because you know, I've had some run ins with grizzlies and shit in America mm. and like Kim it's not a fucking good talking point at home. No nah, because but- I do. I've got three kids, I've got a beautiful wife, I've got lots to live for. But I just fucking mourn for that sort of adventure some stuff that not everyone's doing you know that's what i love i like it enriches me like like don't get me 
like I said on the Joe Rogan podcast and Joe really struggled to understand it I'm happy to die I'm not trying to die yeah but I'm just really happy to die I'm just really fulfilled I don't want to die I don't want to leave my kids I don't want to leave my wife you know I want to keep experiencing these things whenever I can so I don't want to die I'm just saying that I'm happy to die I've lived a very rich life in that sense you know like where I've got to experience a lot and I feel like I've lived a feel like i've lived six or seven lives as well you know from where i've come from to where i am now and the things that i've done in between but you know i just got to justify to myself like i didn't mean to do that yeah like i didn't you know and i thought i did really think that was the better option going that way so yeah i don't know it's a funny one and just we we don't argue about it but you know kim would be like like don't do that like yeah. don't put me through that and i'm like fuck i'm not I'm not, not, trying, not yeah. trying to be but at the same time and this ends up being what comes out of it she knows who i am and what i am that's just yeah how i am you know like i don't know what would you prefer me to do just fucking sit on the couch and watch yeah. fucking the footy or something like that well have you ever heard of like the champagne fountain analogy where there's like you you, you know like the champagne fountain you pour it in yeah, yeah yeah it's like if you're the glass at the top and then the glasses underneath you are the people in your life that you need to then give yourself to mm. your wife your kids the people that work for you people you interact with daily they're the people underneath mm. it's like if you can't fill up that top cup first then there is no way that it can trickle down yeah and yeah. it's almost like for a guy like you that is so extreme in that what actually fills up your cup it's like mm. you didn't really ask for that to be what fills up your cup yeah but yeah. that's sort of what is the, the mm. thing that fills up your cup mm. and it's like i guess you you take that away yeah you might be around but is your cup going to be full yeah and then if you're going by that analogy will then you be able to give the things to your wife and your mm-hmm. kids if if you take away the thing that does fill up your cup if yeah that makes exactly sense. yeah yeah and it's like i don't think people choose the things that fulfill them and yeah. i guess you're in a lucky position that you know what fulfills you mm. you know you might not understand yeah, exactly. it yeah but at least you know the thing that does do that for you yeah 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 it's because it's at the time like like what are you doing out here you know or you don't like this there's none of that it's i'm thriving off it you know like but it's just understanding why i do it and you know go through that sort of misery but you know i do believe it makes me the person that i am so you can't you can't deny that you know so and, and why would i if it's like that but just try and not be on the side of a fucking cliff nearly dying you know have you done like have you got drones and shit like you do some filming like because yeah, i've got to think <laughs> i've crashed three th- of them well i've got to think one of those little dji spark things like if you mm. get in a fucking that heavy mountain situation just put it up and yeah like see what you're up against Fuck, in I, a don't, way. Like, I wouldn't tell you nothing dude in a sense you don't think it no nah, because even the human eye when you're looking down at yeah, such, right. when you're looking at that bird eye view it's not it's like because I looked at that and I'm like, yeah, I can just go down there and just come through there and then... Just f- a different animal. Oh, dude, it's just... It, yeah. Don't know, and it's like... And to a degree, it would be awesome, but where do you stop? You yeah, know, like, exactly. Where do you stop? You know, I'm trying to get that fucking early explorer feeling. The rawness of it. You know, and and you're trying to keep your pack weight down and like you do all ridiculous shit like if you're going to take a toothbrush you, you cut, cut it in, it in half, half yeah. you know if you're going to take toothpaste you just take enough for the trip um you cut so much food 
out of your day that it's like then they go and add something like that you know it's like yeah yeah so it's like yeah it's it's and i just trusted the map too much yeah like right. i did i just looked at the map and i'm like shit that's heaps more better than what i've just been walking over how gradual that that you know contour is down so that's going to be the go but mate there was a glacier that was you know six meters thick sitting on the edge of it who knows how much that's changed you know yeah. there was there was rocks the size of houses that were overturned on the edge you know it's like like who knows how much that's changed that map might have been correct five ten years ago you know yeah. and that's what they're using now it isn't anymore the country's completely changed yeah and it's such a wild landscape oh totally like, you, oh, you'll be sleeping dude like it's just it's dead silent besides a little bit of wind you'll be sleeping you'll just hear it sounds like thunder like it sounds like the world's fucking ending and it's just a glacier just cracking not oh. even a, not even chunks falling off just the glacier ch- cracking and it's like do, 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 and just roars down through the valley and it's like oh fuck it's a glacier you know you're not used to hearing that sort of shit so it's a it's a extreme environment but it's just awesome it's so when you get up there it's so picturesque it's beautiful yeah that um i went to alaska to do a red bull project and man we flew over these glaciers Mm. and i was just like oh like my fucking brain exploded like just how old that they would be and just how much power is in that ground and the way that it formed and oh man i was it's crazy i'm sure you've been seeing Mm. all that shit but i was just like fully blew me away like kid from Cairns, like i've never seen the rainforest and shit yeah and it like it makes you feel i'm sure i've spoken about it before it makes you feel so insignificant. Oh, totally. But there's a real power in that, yeah, in yeah. a way. Like, because it oh, almost t- takes a bit of pressure off yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. nothing. Yeah. Like, you ain't yeah. shit. I love that feeling. Yeah. I love that feeling. I just, like, I'm just a little fucking parasite myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and just realize that, hey, the world doesn't evolve around you, revolve around you. You know, that just, you, you just live your life here and be happy and try and make people around you happy and stuff like that because it's just, it's so short like i've thought about that a lot as well like how short is one human's life compared to anything when because you, when you see those glaciers that have been there millions exactly, and millions of years yeah that it does give you that perspective of like man i'm it almost like takes pressure off mm. because it's like you're not shit yeah but then it also puts pressure on because it's like you're a speck you've yeah, got yeah. you've got such a small window yeah. to make this shit work mm. so make it work yeah exactly it does yeah. like two things to you yeah it does yeah yeah even like the whole human race is just a drop in the ocean in time like it's just insane it actually uh, if you think about hard enough it starts hurting your brain you're like oh fuck i think about something else (laughs) but you know what pisses me off with that is like you look at how far we've come Mm. like people talk about especially the gun issue in america when they're like it's too big to solve and it was like righto let's go back to 1960s when Mm. we fucking sent a man into space yeah yeah like if that was in the 60s so let's go to the 1920s and you tell someone in the 1920s like hey bro 20 years we're going to be in space yeah they'd go nah Nah, not happening never going to happen we were just out of world war one yeah and then it's like 20 years later oh sorry 40 years later Mm. you're in space and it's like look at the shit we can do when we really fucking want to yeah yeah and it's like all these problems and you know you still get the whole like all this racism and all this like 
fucking transgender, all the bullshit that people mm. want to kind of throw at you as like these fucking huge problems. And it's like, man, we're getting better. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. We're working through this shit. It's all pretty fucking new. Mm. So I, I have hope that we're going to figure it out. Yeah. But it's like, we just need enough people to be constructive about the problem instead of like, well, for example, this week that, did you see that chick that, um, that Lisa, what's her name? Lisa something. She's one, one of the TV chicks. She got on channel 10 and it was oh, about that woman. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Lady getting raped about it. That sucks. Yeah. Right? And then she goes like, all this is all men's problem. This is all men need to address this. This is then she turns to her co-host, who's probably a fucking great dude and yeah. a friend of hers, yeah. and is like, "You need to do that. You need to tell your friend." And I'm like sitting here going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like for starters, you can't say all. Anything. No, we're all individuals. Doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white. Doesn't matter. Everyone's an individual. A hundred percent. And it was like she put it onto this whole all thing, which I, there's like a couple of problems I have with it, I guess. But it was like there's going to be outliers and the problem is your physical size it's not about mm. being a woman it's a it's a problem of there's someone that is more powerful than you that can do what they want yeah that's just a problem mm. and that's not something that you, you're going to be able to negate by me talking to my mates mm. like and then to put all that so it's like that it's almost like a counterproductive argument yeah and then let's get to the all thing. It's like if, if Donald Trump can't say all Mexicans are rapists yeah, yeah. and drug dealers, like <laughs> yeah. if he can't say that, yeah, why yeah. can you say all, all men, men are yeah. part of this problem? Yeah. It's like, all right, I'll talk to my mates, uh, do a head count. Oh, wait, none of you are cunts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, like who the fuck am I going to tell yeah. not to do this shit? Yeah. So it's like, it's that, I don't know, we're just in that place of like fucking outrage and then people... Mm coming at everybody and yeah. it's like all the hunting community yeah. all the yeah. white male community all yeah. the black because it's, it's just, like, just easier man. to throw yeah. everyone in the same basket like let's just rope them all into the same spot you know it's just easier to do that that's why people do it but it's not it's that's been blind to the actual situation you know there's always been fucking cunts there's always gonna yeah. be fucking cunts it's just we need to work out the best way to you know limit them out you know and and like if you going back to like the woman's issue it's like if you want to be a woman that doesn't get raped and like that's fucked we all agree that's mm-hmm. fucked right go to my jiu-jitsu school and then roll with one of my friend like one of the chicks there that's a purple belt and yeah. she's cute as a button little mm-hmm. blonde chick yeah and she will fuck you up yeah good luck yeah, yeah. good luck going up and but that's a, like if you want to know what you can do as an individual mm-hmm. that's worried about a problem that's something yeah. you can do yeah it's like it's just shouldn't be up to everybody else to and like the center police like well the thing is the reason why it shouldn't be up to everyone else is because it's just not going to fucking work. Well, there's you can't. Just, it's individual. There's people you can't control someone else's mind. You know, like there's just some sick, twisted people out there. You know, so where you know you're better off arming yourself. Yeah. You know, to come across that. And that's why deer can run so fucking fast. Yeah. And they can yeah. smell so good, and they can hear so good. Mm. It's that whole. They're not dumbing anything down. They're not saying that the collective deer population should stick in one big circle yeah yeah you know what i mean like it's just it does 
They could come. fuck us up if they did, though. <laughs> <What's> that, <laughs> if they put their heads together and, like, we should come into a collective circle and take over Sydney. Fuck yeah, get rid of <laughs> Sydney, bitch. <laughs> oh, that would be chaos. Yeah. Even, like, ants. Imagine if ants oh, all got totally together. Dude. It was just like, fuck. And you <laughs> yeah. just get one, like, huge yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. ant Godzilla yeah. beast. Well, everyone talks about how smart dolphins are and they just stick to their self. They're just like, fuck, we ain't getting into that. Yeah. We're just sticking to this. <laughs> yeah, fuck, you guys have all that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what, um, back to the hunting stuff. So in Australia, where are we at in the hunting scene? Cause it just doesn't, um, it doesn't seem like we, well, we definitely don't have it as figured out as New Zealand. It's definitely come leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. Um, it's, it's Australia is a hard one. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like they're all the introduced feral species that you're allowed to hunt. You can't hunt any natives in Australia. Which is fair yeah yeah in a, yeah in perfect a, yeah. in some ways in some ways it is like with but, kangaroos it's probably we probably need to start getting to yeah point. same with crocodiles up up home definitely yeah things it's just about managing populations because it's better for the animals it, that's it it benefits animals like so america doesn't hunt their white-tailed deer their native white-tailed deer to wipe them out they hunt those the way the tags are set up and their conservation that is for the benefit of white-tailed deer in america and for the health of the herd you know so it's not just like oh you know no we'll have you know uh two million white-tail in this state and then but they'll eat out their house and home and then die of starvation on a slow death no they they manage the herd so the population stays healthy yeah but population staying healthy doesn't mean mass numbers population staying healthy means control and that there's enough feed that they stay healthy you know and the young can be raised exactly you know and it's not like they they don't want to see eradication of vegetation either you know like by Mm. by having an overpopulation and it's like oh the whitetail are doing really good but these plant species are extinct now because they've eaten them all you know things like that so it everything there's nothing that basic you know it's all it's there's so much to it you know it's like um yeah it's not like a blanket answer that's right and there's so much in the background that you don't see like if there's too many white-tailed deer there there won't be any of this lizard species because they don't have a home anymore yeah you know or like in australia you know if there's too many of this you know the you know wombats will die out or whatever it is like there's so much to it you know that's without going into all the little insects as well Mm. that thrive off that plant that that white tail is going to eat out or whatever it might be so there's a lot in management if we're really serious about you know our you know our whole ecosystem and if we're really serious about no other animals going extinct and things like that um because like obviously that's irreversible like mm. once something's extinct that's fucking it it's gone you know yeah. so it's managing things correctly so now coming back to australia um as a bow hunter you can't hunt any native at all with the bow like so kangaroos or anything but uh rural property owners can get tags so they Mm. can shoot kangaroos when the populations get high uh the government pays professional shooters to shoot kangaroos when the populations are too high when they need managing as well so that's sort of all managed on you know a more professional commercial base where and same with feral animals in australia as well the government pays out a lot of money to control feral animals and there's a bunch of hunters here that would do that for free. Yeah. Why paying into the economy? So let's say a small town, for instance, 
Um, if there's hunting in that area, you know, a hunter goes there, they pay for accommodation, they buy fuel, fuel they buy food in the town, so it supports rural communities. Plus, they're, shoot, they're hunting an animal. That's introduced that's anyway. That's introduced yeah. anyway that the government will be paying. You know, we pay millions of dollars into it every single year to control these animals. Well, hunters are going to do that there for free, mm. you know. And the difference is when it's done commercially or professionally by shooters they're shot and left on the ground mm. whereas a hunter will shoot that animal and in most cases take the meat which saves him buying meat from the grocery store which saves you know another animal leaving a carbon footprint like a cow you know so there's a massive offset there so, so we should be pushing hunters we should be pushing public land in australia to open up and not just for hunters too but like you you're mm. australian you should be able to go into the public land and enjoy the public land whether it's camping or horse riding or ride your mountain bike through there or whatever it is australians should have access to more public land it's as simple as that and like when you go to new zealand and america and canada and you see their systems it puts Australia to shame when it comes to stuff like that. I always think about it, I'm like like my nan and pa fought for this country yet most of us can't step foot in the actual country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a, it's actually a very sad state of affairs that 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 can happen like and and why? Like if we're trying to pro- like Australia's big on promoting mental health and stuff like that. Well, then why stop me from doing the things that make me mentally healthy? Yeah. Like what 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 are you talking about? So it's like oh you know you know Australians need to get more exercise and blah blah blah. But you can't do this and you can't do that. And we're changing the law on this. You can't do that anymore. We're going to sh- shut the gate on here. We don't want people in there. You know. And it's just like fuck. I'm trying to like they just keep introducing like we've seen it in fishing as well. And I think. Um, Fishing's probably not the worst um, example that I can give because with fishing, they restock, you know, dams and areas through mm. finances, through fishing licenses and stuff like that, which is good. But they do shut down a lot of places. And I don't know, there just seems to be more and more red tape that you have to go through to get something done, you know, something that you enjoy that's not hurting anyone or anybody, you know. Yeah, well, growing up on the reef, like we used to do heaps of reef fishing, mm-hmm. and and I mean you can see like the places that get fished out and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like I think they do a pretty good job of like creating green zones, and then you got your yellow zones and you got your red zones. So it's like all yeah, these different yeah. places where you can. And like I guess that's because if you follow the money, the Great Barrier Reef reef is worth millions of dollars mm. to people, like to the to the economy or whatever. But it's like people should start thinking about hunting in that same way because like you said it does bring like rural rural communities are struggling in mm. australia farmers are struggling like, yeah definitely yeah. what do whatever you can to bring yeah. shit into towns like um my uncle runs a company called world trail he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and they took a town in derby tasmania nothing old mining town hadn't sold a house in like 30 years and they paid his company to come in and build a mountain bike network Mm -hmm. and now town is thriving yeah like the house prices have gone up like crazy amounts like you couldn't buy they couldn't sell a property now three four five hundred thousand dollars for houses pubs like they just had a round of the world championships there Mm -hmm. so it's like when you invest in that outdoor activity and you give people a reason to go somewhere it's like that saying build it they will come yeah and i think that 
yeah, maybe we need to start looking at that US yeah. model. Not to mention the money that goes into oh, actual conversation. Oh, massive. Com- conservation. Yeah, it's huge. So um, one thing that we fight a lot of anti-hunters against is um, before recreational hunting sort of really come in and was managed in the US, so whitetail populations, for instance, were way down, like extremely down. Then for hunting and the revenue raised through hunting and they were able to protect certain areas, introduce deer into certain areas where they'd you know, pretty much been commercially out. hunted out of. Um, and you look at the models now, whitetail populations are the best that they've ever been. Like there's the solid proof how conservation works through hunting. It's like, I would never shoot an elephant. I've got no interest in shooting an elephant. I've got no interest yeah. in shooting a lion or a zebra yeah. or a giraffe. Or I just those things don't interest me. Doesn't mean they're not right. Doesn't mean it's wrong to hunt them, because those models of hunting conservation are massive as well. The best example is after the Cecil incident. Yeah. And America said, righto, we're not. You can't import lions. So the lion market went out in Africa people thought well this is going to save the lions lions aren't getting killed now bullshit now they're getting slaughtered they don't have a value so before a lion would come in kill a farmer's stock that's his living that's what they live off kill one of his cows now they go out and slaughter a bunch of lions whereas before it's like oh well that lion's worth X amount of dollars to me to keep alive you know so they just let that slide you know like yeah killed a cow that's worth whatever but that line alive to well, me like is worth 10 line, times right? more yeah and then there was money also going in the conservation protect lines here release a line there anti-poaching efforts out here so you know the poachers don't come in and kill them commercially things like that once that recreational hunting went and that income went there's none of that protections happening none and of those no programs there's no them. that's right yeah things now revolve around finance yeah they they truly do because who else wants that job you need a bunch of volunteers and they're not volunteering to do it you know what i mean they're just that those people aren't out there so it's that, that's a perfect example of how what people think saves an animal doesn't at all and the same national park and area that Cecil was shot out of, they culled 200 lions two or three years later. Yeah. Might have been two years later. 200 lions. Like, they didn't even have the tags for 200 lions when, there was, when they were doing hunting through mm. there. You know, so it's like just ridiculous. Instead of five dying and a massive big amount of income in and the use of that animal and you know the benefit to the villages and everything like that now they just killed 200 and left them yeah like that's the difference it just sucks though that like the reason why we hated that cecil the lion thing it's because of that gross fucking dude that just sits there with his dicky oh, smile yeah you yeah. know and it's like but then you say to people like oh go to the hunt like look at adam greentree look at cameron haynes look at these guys mm. like that's fucking hunting like we need the image to be you yeah and it is but look if you've got an open mind none of us actually really knew that guy yeah. he might have been a really nice guy he might have been really uh spiritual and emotional about that yeah. hunt or no one ever knew that everyone just looked at that picture and went look at this fucking fat cat cunt yeah you know like it's like they probably wouldn't have said cunt because they were american they don't know the word but you know the it's c word the c word <laughs> i don't know that but 
and no one ever looked at like oh shit well actually that guy paid this amount of money yeah. for it but that and, wasn't and the narrative. that helped that helped actually save 20 other lions yeah like you you wouldn't see that like and, and it's and it's in a sense the, the other example is like if i kill a fox and everyone's like oh you prick you know you killed a fox yeah i killed a fox i just saved a thousand native animals yeah i just one fox I actually saved thousands, but let's, for the sake of it, say killing that fox saved a thousand native animals. Would you not kill that fox too? Yeah. How can the fox can kill them thousand? No one hates him. Like someone needs to do the picket, you know, like, you know, foxes need to stop hunting. No one's doing that. No, exactly. (laughs) You know, like, so it's like, like how, like, why is it okay for the lion to kill? Yeah. but not a human to kill why is it okay for the lion to eat meat but not me to eat meat for some people mm. you know what I mean it's like fucking opinions man yeah, everyone's got one <laughs> oh. but I think like it's just the way that it's framed too which fucking sucks like you see that Cecil dude and like instantly your mind's eye paints that picture Yeah. but when you see like you with a bull elk and like a bow and you've kind of gone in there and you care like you can tell that there's there's a different level of care and yeah respect. yeah for sure i think people respect the bow more um well maybe they don't you'd probably know yeah. but like to me it looks like more of a uh authentic pursuit people of, like to see the challenge and effort i guess they respect that, that more behind it but truthfully what's the fucking difference it's, yeah okay he 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 shoots a bull elk it's a dead bull elk i shoot a bull elk it's a dead bull elk yeah you know there's really no difference in a sense it's just but you know and that's that whole human you know thing again where it's like selfish dude it's like nearly selfish like oh no well if he put a lot of work in he deserves it what are you talking about it's still a dead if you're talking about an animal's life it's still a dead animal yeah you know i'm not trying to cover that over and he might go out and fly up there with a helicopter and jump out of the helicopter and shoot one it's still a dead animal yeah you know when you come from that side of it but you know if you come from the you know that you know where you want to try and take adventure and exploration out of it and like a lot more feeling and effort then yeah that is the better way to do it i feel better doing it yeah you know like like i don't want to be that fat cat that just shoots shit and poses for a photo i want to be the dude that actually a lot of the trips doesn't even get what he's after because it's not even about that it's not really even about that yeah that's an awesome bonus but you know i said i've said on many trips like this trip will actually be better if I don't get one. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my hardest to get one. You know, I'm going to try my hardest not to fail. But if I fail, that's probably the best outcome because it makes you realize how hard this is. Like, you've got to earn this. You know, you've got to work for it. Like, there's beauty in the struggle. Like, oh, that's, where the real, that's where the real good is. 100%, yeah. When Kim was in Hawaii with me and, like, Kim hunted pretty hard and th- that's my wife for anyone that doesn't know yeah and she didn't get a deer like the end of the trip she didn't get one and it was like she devoed it it full devoed you know like really upset and i'm like oi this is it you're supposed to be yeah like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be upset that you didn't get one yes because that means how badly you want it then wait until then when you get one because then you realize like oh fuck this is a precious animal yeah i worked hard to get this and you respect it and you honor it because of that reason you know like if every hunt i just went out on and just shot something i'd just i'd give up i'd stop yeah i would i'd just source um i'd source my meat in a another way where it's like 
still still a, ethical still ethical very you know organic way of collecting meat but through someone else i'd just i would i'd stop it's as simple as that because i want that effort i want to bust my ass i want to doubt myself you know i want to think that i'm not getting one i want to realize that they're that hard because they are they're a wild animal like their, the design their to run life away from shit. is survival you know our life our life is survival too but we have lots and lots of comfort around us mm. you know it's true you know and then it starts to make you forget that you know you our, everyone's life survival every creature's life is survival you know like an animal won't give up they just don't give up they'll be like fucking wild dogs hanging off its ass its back legs are chewed out and still trying to fight and get away like that's all that there is that's what they know that's instinct you know yeah it's um that's something that i've been thinking about a lot lately because it's like i'm almost 30 and i've just got to this point of like because i was so serious about racing motocross and i I trained hard Hmm. and then i did this and i worked hard and it's like it's not, I, I think now it's not until I've got to this age of almost being 30 where I can appreciate the struggles and I've done really hard stuff now mm. through work and, and um, I, you know it's like owning a business and you're sort of flirting with zero dollars all the time and just still that grind and mm. you just don't give up and now I've got to the point through all that bullshit to where I'm like fuck the real juice is in the super hard shit yeah. and now I'm doing like the other day we did an 8 hour motocross race I haven't yeah. rode a motocross bike in months before that I was at my mate Brett's farm and mm. like jacked my wrist up went straight out and I did it and I sucked and it was hard but like I felt so good and like but you know the time before that leading up to that event I'm like what the fuck am I doing like yeah. I don't even ride anymore yeah, yeah. my bike's barely working my dad's yeah. just like scraping parts together for this thing yeah. and the same as like the I've been doing jiu-jitsu tournaments and I'm not very good like I've only just started doing it really mm. and I'm going up against these people that have done it for years and that feeling of being in the little bullpen before you fight and knowing that dude's way better than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so uncomfortable and yeah. I want to leave. Like, and I, I said to my mum and dad came and watched and they were just like, oh, how are you feeling? And I was like, it sucks that I have to wait. Yeah. I just, if I could walk in straight to the mat, fight, win or lose, whatever, and leave. Yeah. And that's it. All I have to be there, that's what I'd do. Mm. But then when you like get through all that and then on the other side, even if you do lose. Yeah you fucking feel good oh for sure like it, it is that yeah. that that's why i guess i wondered before about like when you knew you were out of the woods that what what is that feeling of like you've almost fucking died at 300 different points on mm. that mountain like what is it that you're feeling at the end of that i it's one of those ones where i don't know again it's like you'd think it'd be like this overwhelming life like oh i'm alive you know and blah blah but it's just normal life again you know it's just it is it's just normal life again and then um there's there's a certain amount of satisfaction because you did put that puzzle together and the old mate didn't get to shoot you in the fucking head like i was talking about before (laughs) that's what it is it's like oh i put that puzzle together and you it builds a certain amount of spirit in you too like it really does it's like yeah, imagine going to the gym and working out on arms and doing all that right and your arms get pumped up you do a trip like that and you get through the end of it and it's like the exercise for your fucking soul or your spirit yeah. you know and it's like it does it just it pumps it up you're ready for the next one you're ready for something harder or or you're ready to do the same thing and it's easier because you went through or yeah. it mightn't even be related to a hunting hiking trip it's just something in life some sort of disaster in life 
and you just take it on the chin so much better because you're just like, oh, fuck, I've been through this. You know what I mean? Like it's like, but it's like preparing yourself for a fight, even if it's not the same. You know, opponent. It's not actually it's just, a fight. It's not yeah. even actually a fight. It yeah. just prepares you for something. It just builds. I don't know. I sometimes I think a lot of it comes out with my kids like you know i say my whatever my kids are going through i feel like i can deal with those situations heaps better you know like whatever it is maybe it's just not losing my shit when they're being naughty you know and yeah. instead it's like well you know mate you should do this and maybe try and do this and or i even the friends and people around me you know it, it, it somehow it comes out on them if you know i'm like well you know i've done this and this and I feel like I don't know it's just it's a fucking it's like knowledge yeah it's like lived experience it's, I guess. it is yeah because I definitely think that and I and I say that to people like um, we had an episode with a guy that runs a mental health mm-hmm. charity and it's like I feel like the first time you go through a struggle like a fucking real struggle and you you don't know what that there is another side of that mm. you don't you've never won that battle so you're in it yeah and you don't know if you can win it and yeah. i think that talking about mental health and like suicide and stuff i think that and obviously fucking not speaking from experience i don't want to come across like an ignorant dickhead mm. but it's like those people lost that fight they didn't get a chance to win yeah if that makes sense yeah and it's like when you do these crazy hard things and then you do win it almost gives you that feeling of like you can back yourself through other situations yeah because you've got that win yeah definitely yeah and you've and when you've got a lot of these wins and it's like that mountain couldn't kill me well what the fuck else yeah, can yeah exactly you know one thing i thought about when i was questioning because i've been on the edge of suicide before you know when i was a uh, little bit of background on my younger years and like a real fucking long story cut short is before I was 13 I'd witnessed murder fucking rape suicide all all shit that wrecks your head like it really does like that's it's the wrong fuel for your head you know seeing those things at a younger age you know some of that stuff I witnessed when I was 9 10 years old and what was that through uh just living in a bad place you know like my father was an abusive drunk and my they end up separating and it felt like we were on the run forever from him because he was a very violent man and it just put us in really bad situations like really bad environments like where we had to live like very poor and things like that and i end up living on the street and you know just you just the wrong environment you know and the but the environment that you witness those sorts of things you know and it breeds that sort of disgusting human being in a sense you know and it took me a long time to get out of it and bow hunting the outdoors is one of the things that brought me away from that which essentially cleansed my mind you know of those things i had to replace i had to replace all those really bad memories with good memories you know to actually get well you know mentally well i i believe anyway and but anyway so i've been i was on the edge of suicide and it was more i don't know if it was depression at that age or what it was or just just thinking and realizing how cruel life is you know or how like i used to i used to say to myself like this world's too cruel for me i'm fucking out you know sort of thing 
And w- when you've got that mentality, if whatever it is that goes wrong, you just feel like everything goes wrong. Everything's stacked against you. You can't get a break, you know. And when I was in the mountains, after I come out of that really hard position and I was thinking why I do this, I'm just like, is it because I'm just a little bit fearless of death because I've considered it myself? That mm. fucking, then why wouldn't I be happy to do what I'm happy doing and maybe come across death, you know? And, and it wasn't it. That was the wrong fucking thought. It was the wrong answer. It's not that at all. It's, yeah. But, you know, to, to be at that point, I used to, what stopped me from suicide is fucking, you might as well do the things anything that you've ever thought of doing before you do this yeah like right. you might as well still experience life you know and it would just be it'd be fucking dumb shit it'd be like oh you know well you've you've always wanted to uh whatever cross, cross a massive ocean or whatever in a fucking little boat might as well do that before you die and die doing that you know and it would sort of make me think of huh. doing the extremes but it's not that's not why i do it i'm just giving you an example yeah, at that time because uh, how old were you when you were in that place uh it was between the ages of like i think nine or ten i was still a little bit young to realize what that what was, that was yeah. it was just that environment and that sort of thing was nearly just normal to me like i i experienced it so much especially domestic violence it was almost like that was just life and then um i'd actually get jealous of the kids that had you know good parents and weren't going through that like i actually had a feeling like well why don't they why aren't they going through that why do i have to go through that and it's just because i didn't realize at that age that that wasn't normal that wasn't the right thing that to be doing to you know us kids and stuff like that so because i've got two sisters as well but that all that shit makes who you are that's why i'm so passionate about Mm. family and stuff like that because even at that age like once i hit like you know 11 or 12 years old i start realizing real strongly this isn't how you're supposed to treat people this isn't how you're supposed to treat your loved ones you know and then and it also made me shut a lot of people out because i'd be like if that's my father a loved one well what's supposed to be a loved one did you love your dad you reckon i did at that age because i didn't realize so like that nine ten age like i always mourned for him to be around him but sober you know like i always mourned to be around him sober and it wasn't until i got older like i mean a lot older like 16 or 17 that i'm like fuck i the i what i should have been mourning was to get away from him Mm. what i should have been wanting is for him and mum to split up earlier what i should have been wanting is for him not to be in our lives and uh but it was just because it was your father you know you just like think that they should be together you know they should just be together should be a happy family and it's just like you realize that like even fucking blood can be horrible you mm, know even blood up. can be rotten that's why i say like if someone's negative in your life doesn't matter if they're blood or not you just got to got to clip them you know and then um so my and, and anyway my parents end up splitting up you know some years later and and you know even then i was like fuck i just wish mum and dad would be together and you know we could be a big happy family and stuff like that so yeah it wasn't really till i got older i was like can't believe i was thinking like that but i was just so young and tormented that i thought that's what it was supposed to be but you know it's fucking not the case at all like Mm. yeah if there's someone like that in your life like 
fucking every rapist has been someone's son yeah you know like you think about it like that like every and and it, and it put mass distrust in my life where i was just like i said like if that's family and they can do that fuck, then what's a stranger what's a stranger capable of? capable of you don't know you don't you really don't know so but it's all time and building relationships with people to realize how people are as well so mm. it's like you got to take that gamble you got to let people into your life you got to let people into your life to have a friend mm. you know where did kim come into your life like how old is that because you guys seem from my outside perspective <laughs> 18 to... she was 19 i was 18 and how how big an influence did she have on getting you back on track or were you pretty on track by then do you reckon not really i was in a little bit of a lost place like i'd i started drinking and doing a few drugs when i was a lot younger like 13 or 14 i was already doing drugs and drinking and things like that and then i was just at the point where i was starting to realize i had a, some good people influence me like a, a a guy that was working on that building site that i said that i yeah, was on because yep, yep. i come out of school at 14 as well and went straight into full-time employment working a few jobs and so he was a big influence on my life you know and helped me sort of turn it around and things like that and so i'd stopped drinking like i realized like fuck like you hated your dad because he was a drinker a drug, yeah and you're doing the same thing and isn't it crazy that's a cycle though oh it is a cycle yeah even the fighting and you know stuff like that and i'm like fucking so i give that up and i give up doing drugs about the same time as well and met Kim and just started being a lot more physically active and started like I'd just walk from home and I'd just go exploring up in the the wilderness at home you know and just like not even hunting really at that point I was doing a bit of hunting but not to the point that I do now and then met Kim and um, I was also at the point where I just had a complete change of heart where I was just would go out out of my way to be kind you know say something nice to be fucking nice and just be a nice cunt you've fucking <laughs> seen the hat just be a nice cunt to pretty much anyone that i could and just try and be really positive and stuff like that and i met kim and she, like she's a real positive person and we just fucking gelled straight away you know and i told her um just how i felt you know about certain things and relationship and how to treat a woman and stuff like that because me you know my father certainly hadn't done it and just fucking she fell in love with me mate <laughs> sucked her only, in. only human mate <laughs> yeah. fucking only human but um no she's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me for sure and um yeah i just i don't know still fucking a lot of romance and stuff there and respect between us and yeah well i guess probably because maybe she you know part of the reason that you didn't go down that that road mm -hmm. you know like fuck you gotta you gotta be pretty um like to have a bond with somebody that brought you out of that place oh, and mentally. like fuck what yeah. could you what could you ever do no to exactly that? yeah i always say like she's my best friend and she's also my wife you know and yeah it's just I don't know. I'm old value. I'm old school in a sense as well, you know, where it's like if I get the chance to fucking open the door for her, I'll still open the door for her. I'll compliment mm. her fucking constantly. You know, she's still the most attractive woman that I've ever laid eyes on. And I think we've been together for 18 years or something like that. So well, I'm 37 now, so yeah. Yeah. And I guess too, 
the like it's cool for one of the things that I really enjoyed watching was when you took the kids around um, on that big road trip. Was it? Oh last yeah, year? that was because man, yeah. like that was that was the shit my dad did for me and my yeah. mum and dad because I I had a fucking great childhood in terms of that like I had the life where my home was like the sanctuary yeah but then everything else was just fucking chaos yeah yeah like yeah like with yeah. this shit neighbourhood fucking school was a nightmare like yeah, it was yeah. just that but that was like my sanctuary so I kind of I had that um, the opposite in that way but man like we used to do all those trips up the Cape like that was just where we went all my mm. memories of a kid are being in the fucking dirt red yeah. dirt fishing hunting camping awesome. all that shit yeah but dad and mum took us out of school for like two and a half months when i was i think i was like grade six or something mm. like that and we went all through the territory like my um one of my cousins used to own the burktown pub oh, yeah. so we yeah. went up through burktown stayed at burktown for a couple of days and then just went all through the territory and fuck i will never ever 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 forget that trip yeah like that yeah. just gave me such a like an appreciation for obviously the outback even though we'd been there a lot but it was like yeah. it was that thing of like they took us out of school yeah. and they just said you know what fuck that awesome. this yeah. is this is real yeah. and then when I saw that you guys did that I was like I think it's, you, it plants gonna, a seed too dude, like, it like it's instilled in you now and I wondered if you knew that that was the effect that you yeah. have before you did it yeah well I did I definitely did and I realised like how good that would be for the kids you know and we all loved it it was mm. you know it was unbelievable and the things you'd see like they still talk about it you know let alone like I said, it's like you've planted that seed now. Hopefully, they'll do the same thing with their kids, you know, because a lot of that doesn't happen anymore. Everyone's working, nah. working to get by, and they've sort of, I don't know, it gets pushed aside or forgotten about. We're about to take them out of school for six months and travel North America Fucking with them. Do it, yeah, yeah. So we're just doing homeschooling and whatever we can on the way. But just that experience and what they'll learn, you know, will amazing you know well it's crazy because it's almost like the whole outdoor experience is like where the last guest on the podcast with david hudson you know aboriginal yeah, yeah. didgeridoo yeah, like yeah, yeah. fucking awesome. legend yeah like, actually it's crazy he like grew up with my dad too which i didn't even know yeah before. right unreal but um it's like we were talking about aboriginal culture and language right but like i've got skills man mm. that my dad gave me yeah yeah and yeah. i can get like you chuck me up in the bush now i'm good yeah yeah but i had one of my best mates he's born and raised in la and um he come over and this is funny because you're always on to joe about coming, coming over and like making straight. videos and shit <laughs> so one of my i've brought a few of my mates over yeah. and like giving them the full Aussie experience yeah, right? yeah. so we got my mate Nick come over fucking love the dude like best dude ever born and raised downtown LA so he goes to my mate Az's property in Babindi he's just got like seven acres got some cows there's a river running through his backyard mm. and his son's my uh, godson so anyway we're making a bonfire and he's like fuck man I'm pretty embarrassed to admit this but this is my first ever bonfire and he's like 32 <laughs> yeah, 31 yeah, yeah. and I was like fuck that's pretty gnarly yeah. like it kind of tripped me out a bit and then um, he was doing the thing like man like we were just sitting on the grass we put down a picnic blanket we had a big bonfire raging and he's going he's like fuck is there any snakes like should we be worried about snakes <laughs> yeah. and I was like no 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 like don't worry about it yeah, and, then all, mythical. <laughs> and then yeah and then so Zai who's my godson he's 10 
He's fucking pitch black with an underwater torch on. He's got snorkels and goggles and, and a spear. Yeah. And he's spearfishing at like 8.30 at night oh, in the little shit. river that runs behind their house. Anyway, right as Nick's having the, shark, uh, the, the snake conversation, fucking my little godson goes, Uncle Jason, Uncle Jason, there's a fucking snake. There's a snake. So I was like, oh, sick. So I run <laughs> down and it's just a, it's just a children's pipe, oh, like yeah, a carpet yeah, python, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just cruising through the river. So I've just jumped in and just full Steve Irwin this thing and grabbed it. <laughs> and he's never held a snake before. I didn't know. Oh, he would have fritzing. He was fucking packing. Yeah. And then he's like, do you just grab it? Is it poisonous? I was like, no, 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 not this one. And I just gave it to him. Like, didn't even give him a chance to. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. pretty much if he didn't take it, he was dropping it. First time he'd ever held a snake. Yeah. So, and he's just fucking having this mind-blowing experience. But then it's like... I relate it back to like what David was saying about his culture. Mm. Like he's actively trying to keep his culture alive. Yeah. A lot of that culture's gone. Yeah. But he was saying that his language, he's got 400 words now. Yeah. From his okay. language that they've, they're like rebuilding his language. But it's that whole thing of like, there's not a lot of people that have the skills to take their kids out of school for two months, three yeah, months, yeah. drive them around the territory. Yep. hunt and fish and camp like mm. there's not a lot of fucking dudes working in in the city in sydney that mm. even have the ability to give that to their kids it's almost like a lost art now right yeah well it is it's all getting lost it's getting lost it's getting forgotten about like it just gets pushed back you know and and people don't even think to do it you know there's there's other things that pop up like whatever it is which sucks you know like when you think about it like that's what I sort of hate like fuck these people are missing out on this you mm. know or, or but it's you forgotten. don't know what you don't know no you don't know what you don't know and the other thing what the other thing that gets lost with it is the respect that goes behind doing a trip like that so now you drive out to these places and there is like quote unquote city slickers fucking doing it yeah and there's a bunch of rubbish sitting in this pristine yeah area you know and it's like fuck who does that like yeah. the people that I know don't do that like you know so it's, i don't know there's a lot of thing that gets lots of things that get left behind when it comes to things like that which is a real worry you know like yeah, yeah i guess it's it's just that yeah like people just don't have that but i think that uh, they don't have like the knowledge base yeah it's you know well i guess if you didn't have your dad that was the one that kind of took you out and took you camping and that sort of shit mm-hmm. where'd you learn all that shit from so you just it's all experience it is yeah you see like most of my hunts are solo hunts and stuff like that it's just that's what i'm used to doing and that's what i've come up doing you know like i've taken certain knowledge from different people along the way as well but you know most of it's just all from experience and just it's fucking all common sense shit yeah it is you know take rubbish in take rubbish out yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. don't pat the tiger you know especially when it's fucking feeding you know just just i don't know just shit like that learning as you go like that's a beautiful thing as well are you watching your kids really learn that shit yeah yeah i just when like when i go out the farm i'll give like here's a tomahawk yeah go and knock yourself out and you know whatever and they just you see them pick it up you know like yeah yeah it's awesome like starting to cut down a tree you know actually it works better if you you know if you cut the stump where you go in like you see them work yeah. all that out you know instead of just bashing the same spot you know like just little things like that um and like i just see something in them like i'll like oh, i'll run you down to the front gate no we'll just like we'll just walk down like they're just yeah you know like even something the other day was 
because I like if it starts pouring down rain, it's no different. Like I always just think it's just just rain. It's just yeah. water. Like what's an animal do? Like oh shit, it's raining. They've got to run home. You know. Like, yeah, they're still. There. They don't lift their head up. They're feeding. It's sunny and it starts raining. And they just keep feeding. You know, like and the human like we're exactly the same, but we're being conditioned to be like oh I've got to go and get umbrella, a raincoat on yeah. an umbrella or get inside the house or you know it's like the tiny little things now are pushed to be like the extreme like don't go out today it's going to be cold and rainy and stuff like that anyway so my eldest son hunter who goes to um newcastle high it's pouring down rain the other day i'm like mate i'll swing past and pick you up after i pick the little kids up and he's like no nah, it's fine i'm like no no it's like pouring like i'm even getting caught up in it you know with my own kids yeah. passing that on oh no no it's pouring down rain mate i'll come and pick you up i like walking in the rain i know it's raining dad it's fine i like walking in the rain i was like fuck i used to like that too i do like that still when yeah. i'm hunting you know and then so he walks home he's soaking work no complaints no nothing just walks in and it's like a proud moment like shit if he's prepared to do that walking out of school then when we go bush he's definitely prepared to walk around yeah. the rain hunting you know it's it's like we keep turning ourselves into pussies you know yeah, well, <laughs> we, that, yeah. We, we do you know like oh you know and can't do this because of this or you know it's yeah it's so weird it's funny like i was i went through this cycle of being like fuck i'm not having kids like why mm. would i want to bring anyone into this world blah 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 and then it's only been just recently where i'm like i want to make a little fucking gangster oh yeah like yeah. i want to make a kid that can be like like I gave my friend that experience of experiencing a bonfire and holding a yeah, snake yeah. and we hiked up Bartle Freer, which is the tallest mountain in Queensland and we fucking went into the jungle and as soon as we got in there and I'm telling him like nah there's no snakes you won't see a snake yeah, this yeah. whole trip bang 12 foot scrub python <laughs> and I just picked yeah, it up yeah. for him and it's like I fucking gave somebody that experience and it it felt awesome to me because Mm. now he adds that to his life Yeah, definitely. and we got to be closer friends out of that trip and it's like fuck I want to make a kid that does that for people and you know so it sort of spreads that kind of shit into the world that kind of energy and it's like yeah so I guess that's I was curious about that with with your kids can you sort of start to see them really like developing that yeah oh 100% yeah and I didn't know how much you would have even thought about the impact that kind of trip would have had on your kids because Mm. yeah when I watched it you guys were posting heaps of videos about it it just took me straight back to that those moments of like being with my dad and my mum when we did that trip around you know all through the northern territory there was one night like I, kim was just talking about it the other day where you know, like if we're at home like you know me and kim are upstairs we we sort of end up doing our own thing the kids play a game or watch a bit of tv they do their own thing and it's like bedtime and they're asleep you know there's like at the dinner table and then there seems to be that separation in the house you know because the age different obviously like whatever me and kim are doing and then whatever the kids want to do when we did that trip around australia we sat up for hours looking up at the stars this is i think we're on the tanami desert track like just out in the middle of nowhere no artificial lights for forever and we and we counted countless friggin shooting stars like it was unbelievable unbelievable dude and and i'm just like that doesn't happen at home like what are we all going to stare at at home for two hours the tv when you you you're listening to essentially some stranger on the tv or watching what's happening or whatever that was the three of us sitting there 
you know, locked into one another's conversations, looking up at this natural beauty that goes unnoticed today as well. Well, a lot and of the time you can't even see it. Exactly. And just the Milky Way is like there, just like yeah. torn through the sky with color and everything. And obviously like staring into the for that long like your eyes become completely dilated and you start seeing like all these dark patches come out inside the milky way and stuff like that and then there's just meteors like media media and it's just unbelievable dude best experience ever do you get in the afl at all no i um i've actually so we grew up playing rugby league and um dad said i made like my brother was the fucking gun like full superstar mm. he, he could run when he was 12 he could run the 100 meters in 12 seconds yeah like, right. he, was Unreal. A, he was a full gun and um and i was i was all right like i used to you know make some cans teams and stuff but he would like north queensland queensland like he mm. was the shit so then i ended up um i got into school afl like it was just part of what we did for school and i made the like the full rep team and dad's like you're not going so that's how oh, that, that's how like rugby league yeah yeah, but yeah. It, even for me i was like embarrassed to tell dad because like, there's such a rugby league culture yeah around up in north Queensland. yeah yeah so, well so like i've always watched league you know like that's all i've been interested in and um but kim's mum's like right in the afl so yeah, she got right. the kids to watch a game and they just they thrived on it and like i'm just like a complete foreigner when i go to the game like just tackle him just hold on to the fucking ball what are you doing like it looks so messy but now that i've gotten into it you start realizing like how good of a game it is you know and it's only for the kids playing that you know i've been like unbelievable the the athleticism in in uh, afl Mm. is full on those dudes to be that tall and have like the muscle like the muscularity that they do and the amount they run like i'm definitely impressed by it yeah 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 it's unbelievable it's just the the culture of rugby league in north queensland is massive so thick like i see i see afl definitely getting a good hold in new south wales now yeah really and going places but yeah you know what's crazy um i'm pretty good mates with Corey parker and um we're about to start a podcast together and um and we were talking about origin and so the mate my mate Sawley that i'm staying with down here he's full blues like the whole mm. thing and his kid uh ty i think he's nine eight eight turn nine or something he's seen one new south wales state of origin win in his life really and he's a full rugby league Far out. but it's like it's sort of it when you say like New South Wales there's an AFL stranglehold yeah, like yeah, on yeah. it you can see it happening yeah. it's like these kids have only ever seen New South Wales get pumped by Queensland oh yeah I so know. like man I, I wonder about <laughs> but I wonder about the effect on the game yeah, because yeah. no kids like man I get fo- like I got fired up to fucking watch us pump New South Wales yeah, every yeah. year and yeah. I think that really drove Queensland like Queensland kids to play um, Lee, mm. but then on the flip side of that coin in New South Wales, yeah, yeah, these yeah. K- poor kids are just growing up watching them get pumped, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, that sucks. Yeah, I'm moving to Queensland. Yeah, so yeah. but are they are they all into like other sports as well, or they no? Just well, that? well, Noah, which is the middle child, he was into his basketball as well. Like he don't whatever sports he do, he's just one of those kids that's real sporty. He yeah. ends up dominating it, sort of thing. But we're 
sort of help push him a little bit towards the AFL. Like, just stick to one. Like, yeah. if you're that dedicated, you might as well stick to one, mate. Like, he loves it that much. So, um, he's not doing the basketball anymore. He's doing the AFL. And then um, we were going to get Leah in the AFL as well. That's me little girl because, like, well, I just started kicking with Adava couple of weeks ago i'm like shit she's actually got a good kick on her and stuff like that so plus she's got her brothers there to yeah play. exactly yeah well when we got out the farm dude i set up like goal posts and they've just got a whole paddock to kick around and run around and they they love it so but we've gone to america for six months we'll, yeah we'll hold off until next what's year the, what's the deal with that trip is that are you doing like you documenting stuff around that yeah or? i think um probably under armor is gonna send a film crew out for a lot of it but some of it's through a couple of different companies that i work that i'm an ambassador for so like one company will film you know this hunt Mm. this part of the journey another company will film that everything in between will sort of document our own sort of stuff you know it would be be a well documented trip but it's pretty much for the whole of north america and we'll like i've like i've always wanted to have a white christmas yeah and um like Christmas in Australia is like boardies and go to the beach usually yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. and which is awesome because all the Americans are Canadian and Canadians have been like man we want to come to Australia for Christmas you know it's all sunny and beautiful and like we want a white Christmas because yeah. that's all you see every year you know so it'll be cool we'll have Christmas there and probably in the mountains of Montana somewhere and just got a like a truck and a trailer what they call a truck and a trailer which is just like a ute and a yeah, yeah, you got an RV pulling an RV. Yeah, pulling it. an RV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, just cruise around would be awesome, dude. Just yeah, just a comp- I've actually been decluttering my life so when I'm there, it can just be like, like no, yeah. you know, no ties or anything like that. So, um, you know, I think the house is we're going to put our house on the market and everything oh, before we go. Deep. Like go that hardcore, <laughs> like yeah. just full declutter of life. You know, so which is nice. I like sort of turning things over and starting fresh. So, do you still have your building business? Yeah, that will still run. Um, I don't. I don't sort of have a lot of. I don't put a lot of time into it anymore. Like it runs so well with the manager that it's got that I'm sort of really just in the background. So, because yeah. I used to go, well, look, I started, I'd go for four or five weeks at a time, come home for a week. Whereabouts go, is most of your building going on? Uh, like Carafa, like Northwest, um, Western Australia in yep. the Northwest. And um, it's like we're based right on the coast um but we go inland we go we go wherever you know like like a 10 hour drive when you're that remote's like nothing yeah. so if there's a job 10 hours away you you're doing it you know yeah. so you're sort of all over the pilbara region of western australia yeah it it goes really well um the iron cuz it's all iron ore industry over there yeah. and iron ore's flattened out a lot so it's like in a in a lull period at the moment but um it'll end up jacking up towards you know the end of this year so are you i'm assuming that you're making money out of hunting with like sponsors and stuff but is it enough are you at a point where it can like kind of sustain you guys yeah yeah i am now yeah if um I, like i love the business like i'd never because it's something really good to fall back on and it's mm. really established and i poured me hard into sort of getting it up and running and you know sort of many tough years to get it to the point that it is now so um, I'd never want that to actually end, but the being an ambassador for you know the companies that I'm ambassador for, it's like it's weird. It's like I'm doing what I love, and I'm just 
doing me and yeah. you know you get paid for it you know the affiliation which is awesome like it's a dream come true for a lot of people but it just wasn't my dream you know i'm just here promoting what i love and what i think's good and that's sort of fallen in my lap but yeah it is it's awesome and that's another part of the cladding was there's been a company that's been trying to buy my business for a while over there and you know i'd nearly consider selling it if they come forward with the right money and then because there's stress in business yeah. you know it doesn't like and like i said i've hardly got a lot to do with it anymore i just sort of you know i'm in the background but there's still a stress and a risk in having a business in a volatile market you know like like mining is in australia at the moment so that'd be another part of decluttering you know i wouldn't have that i'd just do what i loved and if i'm getting paid for doing what i love awesome it's um i think that with the whole ambassador thing these days like the customer's fucking smart Mm. and we kind of went through this period of like coca-cola oh yeah 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 and like that was advertising yeah and then it's like we kind of had that for a while and now with instagram and like people buy into you yeah yeah and it's like there's never a sell from you Mm. like i want to buy a a yoit bow or yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean because it's like i don't know anything else because you're the dude yeah it's like you hey it would be easy to slut yourself out exactly like like i reckon i get 10 10 weekly companies that have got no, like I've never used them I've got no idea what the product's like or anything like that they just say look you know um, post this can you post this you know pay you X amount of dollars I'm like fuck I can't sit. these like I look at my fan base as friends yeah like a list of friends and imagine going to a list of friends and being like oh I don't know if it works or not fucking buy this so yeah. yeah I could not sleep at night doing that you know what I mean and just so it's like the only things I promote is what I already use. And I've been very lucky that the companies that you use that I use have cottoned on and are backing me. So it's not like I'm using, you know, a bow that I wasn't already shooting or that I wouldn't already shoot because the company's like, look, shoot our bow and, you know, we'll pay you X amount of dollars for you to promote it every year, you know, and then you get this fucking bow and it's a piece of shit and you're like, yeah, it's but, the they're, but they're, yeah, they're paying me, yeah. so I've really got to promote it. It's not that. It's like this is stuff that I swear by that I use every day, someone that's constantly out in the field, you know, I can't have something that lets me down when, I, when I'm out there doing that this is what I use and these companies end up backing me, you know, which is good. And some companies don't back me and I still promote their shit because I'm like, it's good. Yeah. Like I, I sort of don't really care, you know, but. But it's more meaningful. Like the consumer can see that shit these days. And I mean, totally. it's, it's been the same with me with the podcast. Like we've had a bunch of random people hit me up and I'm like, fuck, like these people know me. Like, mm. the, you know, for an episode to get 60,000 downloads mm. means that that's like, and it's three hours long. Mm. Like that's a lot of fucking time. Oh, totally, people yeah. are li- like, they know what I'm talking yeah, Like yeah, they yeah. know what I'm about. Yeah. And it's the same with you. Like, you know, you walk up here today, I've never met you. And I'm like, yeah, g'day, mate. And it's just like instantly feel like I've known you for a long time. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah, mean, yeah. that's sort of weird in a way as yeah. well. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, for sure. But that's the way the world is now. Yeah. And if you start putting and some bullshit mm. no that's exactly right yeah, yeah. people know, the other man. thing is i've never looked at an ad for something and been like oh yeah i'm gonna buy that i've never bought stuff like that i've mm. always if it's in a magazine and it's someone you respect so you, like let's say it's a dude in western australia ben chambers one of my friends 
and he's in the magazine and he's using a certain bow sight in the article. I'm like, well, oh, fucking Ben does a lot of hunting. Yeah. You know, he knows his shit. What sight to use? And oh, he's using the option six sight. I'm gonna that's the sight I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna I buy like that. Yeah. You know, like if um when I looked into, you know, say some Alpine climbing gear, uh, there's a guy of Pedro in Spain and he's constantly using this ice axe that I had that also extends out to that walking stick, you know, and then so you've got the two in the one, but without the added weight and without that extra gear. And then having to fuck and around and get that's it. That's right. And yeah. I see him using it all the time. And I'm like, he, that dude's experienced. He knows what his shit is. I'm going to buy that. And I actually messaged him. I'm like, dude, what brand's that? And, you know, he told me the brand. I bought the same one. Perfect. Awesome. You know, I've always shopped like that. You know, like I've never seen that glossy ad and been like, oh, that looks pretty. I'll buy that. Like there's so much gimmicky shit out there now. So much bullshit. Yeah, it's insane. It's like there's a lot of stuff in the hunting industry as well. Like, you know, lures catch fishermen. Yeah. They don't catch fish. You know, those real pretty lures or whatever. Yeah. And then like you, so you, you buy all these pretty lures and then you get up to like the Kimberley and all the locals there that fish for barrel all the time are just it's just a red-headed fucking white lure yeah and they all just like they're all catching barrel on that and then you get like this real fancy thing you're like this is gonna be diamond eye and nothing touches it dude you yeah. know so it's like that's how hunting the hunting is too you know and hunting's one of those things where you need to keep it simplified to a certain level because you know the more moving parts the more shit and stuff the more variables the more shit that can go wrong when you don't want it to go wrong you know the more shit that can break the more shit that's gonna let you down so i think so many people like um get and so i'm pretty into golf and fuck the bullshit you can buy for golf Yeah, yeah and i see guys that just do buy all the bullshit mm. every year getting a mm. new driver every year getting a new putter every year getting new and I'm like bro you can't get good with one thing yeah, yeah. when you change it like yeah. you're going back to zero all yeah. the time like if you yeah. don't have a thing that you like an old faithful like mm. how many you know did you look at Jack Nicholas or whatever like they'd use, use the same putter for you know 40 years yeah. guys are going hot and cold on this stuff and I'm sure it's the same in hunting when you're new new bow every year and you yep. barely you know how many kills are you getting with that bow as yeah, it is yeah. or whatever with so now because everyone pretty much uses sights and everything like that you know release aids and um when i first started shooting compound bows in australia there was none of that like australia was a long way behind the american market and it was just complete open sights you know so a compound bow shooting off a little rest no sights or no nothing like that and it was like a very instinctive way to shoot you wouldn't change a bow out every year because because you knew that bow you'd know the cast of that bow you'd know the drop of an arrow you know out of that bow and the only way to be regularly you know consistently if you know if you know effective and and you know consistently successful was to know your bow that well so you wouldn't change it out you'd keep a bow for years and years and years now with sights and stuff like that it seems a part of every year or couple of years a part of that bow is resighting in but once it's resighted in with pins and sight and stuff you've got points of aim yeah so it's like you don't need to know your bow that well you know you just need to know form you know your form when shooting you look for a peep sight up here you've got a pin up up there and you put that in the middle of the peep sight and you put that 
you know, on your target yeah. and you shoot. So, you know, you've got reference points now that once you sighted it in once, as long it's as you don't bump go. your bow or damage it or some way, it's good to go. As long as you don't change your arrows and stuff, it's always good to go. Whereas before, you just had to know, you and know. put hours into it. Exactly. You'd shoot. I'd shoot daily. Like, yeah. I'd shoot every single day to know that bow. Well, that's the thing that when I shot that bow at my mate's house in Cairns, like, I nailed that esky at 40 or 50 yards or whatever it was shooting an esky every fucking time <laughs> I mean not that you're not shooting an animal but I was yeah, expecting yeah. to not even be able to pull the fucking thing back yeah, yeah, so yeah. I guess it does go to show didn't how you have good... a fucking bale of hay or something you could shoot into no nah, we shot an old esky <laughs> and what it was is it that's was on... about all they're good for them old eskies <laughs> yeah big top shout out to Yeti yeah um, so it was like a bank right and it gradually went up and we just fucking dug the esky into the bank yeah, so yeah. that when it went through because we it was just at his house yeah yeah so there's no like safeguards if you missed yeah, it yeah yeah but i just pumped this thing like three times in a row mm. and i was like oh fuck this is it's easy. awesome like, I, yeah, yeah. but it obviously goes to show how good those modern bows oh, are oh definitely just not I've never yeah did, look never i could sight a bow in and pass it to someone explain to them the fundamentals behind it like you got to look through this peep site you put the you know the side in the front of it and line those two up and put them and they could shoot someone that's never but if you just handed someone a bare bow or a recurve oh yeah no you know and said because it's like it's like throwing a rock like but you have to know your consistent throw with a rock you know like the power you put into it each time and it's as instinctive as just looking at something and throwing it at it yeah you know and that it's a beautiful way it's like i still do it should everyone start like that Ah, uh, no. Nah. Doesn't matter. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. There's there's different levels to everything. You know, it's like a, uh, it's like a rifle shooter that's going to shoot something from 200 meters away from an open sight, the same dude, or, you know, the same gun but with a high-powered scope on it. Then there's the dude that wants to stalk in the 20 meters and with a gun still and shoot everything like that. And then there's the same in bow hunting. All bow hunting's hard. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, all bow hunting's hard. You have to close the gap. You have to know how to shoot and everything like that. But Stay calm in the moment. Exactly, yeah. But then there's a traditional bow, like a recurve or a long bow, no sights, no nothing like that, and you're going to be accurate with that. Like, that takes a lot of work. Like, when I say traditional hunt a lot, every afternoon after work, I'd have 50 shots in the backyard for form. Like, not even aiming at a target just drawing the bow and shooting yep. like just for form and then i'd have 50 shots for aiming at a target you know like and and i f- i had to do that every day to be able to go out hunting spot something stalk to it within a distance and pull off the perfect shot with a compound bow i could sight that bow in like there's a there's definitely a there's a process in doing that sight the bow in get the bow right but then i could not shoot that bow for a couple of weeks take it out on a hunt and shoot something perfectly so you know the discipline level is you know much different between the two so for people that are listening to this that may be because i think that you're like is it would it be safe to say you're more quote unquote famous in america than australia yeah, it's something like 87% of my followers are American. Damn, yeah. that's way more than I even thought. Yeah, it's huge. and But, you know, like, it's, Australia's only got such a size hunting yeah. population, yeah. especially social, you know, people that are on social and stuff like that. So the original audience is pretty much all Australian. And then I sort of – I got picked up by a couple of big – 
archery companies in America. Then they started sharing my stuff. Um, some of them would buy the magazines because I wrote for the hunting magazines oh, yeah. for like 12 years or something like that here in Australia. And like this is all before like Facebook and Instagram yeah, and shit yeah. was ever around, you know. Isn't it funny like that people don't really think that. They're like, damn, Adam Drinktree has 250,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. followers and like yeah. instantly he was this dude. But yeah. it's like the fucking backstory. Oh, is, hell like, no, yeah. A lot of chapters. So there was no real good archery forum in australia like this is when the forums first started and there was one that was attached to the australian bowling magazine we chose to write for and they were going out of business they stopped with the forum and then me and another guy started the forum because you know we were just passionate about promoting hunting you know and sharing the stories and everything like that so it all started with a forum, like starting the forum. That was the first real social, immediate social outlook that I had and the avenue that I had to put out articles or writing or photos or experiences, whatever it might be. And um, that grew to like being the biggest hunting forum in the Southern Atmosphere. Like it was, it, it blew, blew up. up, it was amazing. And so I did that for so many years and then felt like I had to move on from there. I was still writing for all the magazines and I stepped away from that once Facebook started. And because the magazines were good, but say you went out on a hunt, then it'd be like two or three months before that come out. Yeah. And then the forum was good because it'd be immediate, you know. Mm. And then the sucky bit was I was preaching to the choir like yeah. these guys are here they, they bow, bow hunters buy the bowhunting magazine yeah. and it's nice to G those guys up and get them keen to experience this hunt or whatever it might be um, and then then the forum was good but it's sort of just bow hunters and stuff coming you got a few people that weren't in the bow hunting or knew nothing about it or they were like that the was newbies good. trying to get into yeah. it and it was a whole bucket of knowledge for any newbie coming into it you know you could point them to this article you could explain to them straight away and and that was good but facebook was anyone Mm. like facebook would go out to anyone so like all my i was friends with all my family i was friends with a big part of the bowling community i tried to keep it roughly private to start with like just people that i really knew and stuff like that because i realized that any stranger can come into your life through this as well and and i wouldn't just post hunting on there that be my kids and family and yeah. things that i'd be doing so i wanted to you know i'd already experienced negativity coming in from other people that weren't a part of your life you know that would diss on whatever you know and i was like you sort of need to keep things a little bit private i'm a private sort of person generally even though i've fucking got my own podcast and shit but you know what i'm saying and then so i started a public one that was just bowing. Yeah. And I ran ran that like a business. And I don't mean a business in a sense as you know, I'm here to make money yeah. or anything. Like I ran it just real clean. Yeah. You know, hunting article, photos of me, um, you know, real clean f- stuff. And and which isn't me. I'm not real clean. I swear and carry on and shit like that. I'm just a normal person. And but what come with that being real clean and this is what the hunting industry was like back then as well the hunting industry was very clean there was no swearing there was no anyone Mm. really being their natural self and then it got to a point like instagram come out and one when instagram come out especially ones that come out and you could do your insta stories yeah 
that was the real fuck now we get to be raw yeah like and and that's how I started running I'm like this is raw you're gonna hear me say cunt you're gonna hear me fucking you know whatever I'm gonna be laughing I'll be you know telling jokes and stuff like that almost getting mauled by grizzly yeah I threw all that out there that that was like a big starter but then once Joe Rogan come into the industry yeah because Joe's very raw he wants to talk about fucking drugs prostitutes fucking bow hunting how much he loves his kids everything yeah massive diverse and it's that's just that's Joe Rogan in real life you Mm. know like that's just how he is once he did that, the hunting industry started started changing where you could start swearing and stuff like that. Why do you think it was then, like that before where you couldn't swear? I don't know. Just like, don't know. It's weird how that shit works. Don't know, I don't know. But it's because it's, it's authenticity is what people appreciate. Yeah. And I said the Under Armour once at one of the shows. I'm like... What, is Under Armour like a real Christian brand? Or am no, I wrong with that? Not really. No, okay. Because oh, no. there's some of those brands in the US that are like full Christian yeah. brands. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of those, especially in the hunting industry. But yeah, even exactly. they realize now the world's come to a place where if you say fuck, you're not really saying, you know, fuck you. You might be like, oh, that was awesome as fuck. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Or it's, like, a, it's a way to put emphasis on a word. That's right. You're a, a mad bitch. That's a compliment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not you're a dumb bitch. No, yeah. you're a mad bitch. That means well, it's in, good. It's intent. That's right. Yeah. Like, you can you know, you know can say fuck in a super yeah. harmful way. So well, I said I mean, the underarm, I was just testing the water because, you know, I dropped the F and C and every other word and stuff like that. And But in the right way, not in the mean negative yeah. way. And I'm like, oh, what if, like tell me the truth like i i love the truth you don't have to hide anything from me i'm just on the person that will call it how it is you can do the same what do you think of me insta story oh we love your insta story i'm like oh cool and they're talking about it. i'm like what about when i swear and they're like oh well look the rock dwayne johnson since he's had his instagram stories up he swears all yeah. the time so it's fine now I'm like fucking Dwayne Johnson the I, need, rock. I needed the rock to give me permission yeah that's the president's now and now I'm allowed to swear you yeah. know but they're like but you can't say the n-word and I'm like yeah no joke like I wouldn't say it ever like that in my whole entire life either and they just like just try and limit the c-word as well I'm like cunt I'm like Fuck. cunt that ain't happening <laughs> like that's one of you know like I'll always say it in a nice way like but they just don't understand the word but you know, so Instagram was really the big one, and because man, half my more than half my audience don't hunt, have never hunted. Yeah, you know, and that's why just in there when I do a hunt, I'll get flooded with I'm buying a bow, yeah. I just harvested my first meat. I can't, you know, thanks to you, you know, and just you just get smashed. I love that. Yeah, because I don't want to preach to the fucking choir anymore. Yeah. They already know how good it is. Yeah, you know what I mean, and just and you know over the last few like over the last five or six years i've seen like all those young guys that were listening to me back then whether it was reading articles or the early forum days or facebook or whatever now those guys are like regularly successful diehard boners and i'm getting messages from them i'm like fuck it's that's awesome yeah that 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 to me would be like i guess that full full circle moment because i mean you've inspired me like i i i was super close after shooting that bow in cans to getting a bow mm. like just going and buying one mm. but i was at that time i was thinking i was about to go back to america but i've just kind of clipped that program and now i'm like and especially with my mate ives like full gene on hunting yeah, as yeah. well i'm like well i'm just gonna go get a bow but like you're the you know you're the reason 
that's why, awesome, why that happened and yeah. it is it is cool and i guess so from going from that so for say there's people that listen to this podcast because we're like 98 percent australian mm. based so say you've g'd up a couple dudes to get their get a bow or whatever what's the what's the steps and what's the way that we can get dudes into this yeah like i get smashed with this question as well and the real way to get into it is not the fucking buyer set up off ebay or something like that you know that to start with question yourself is this something you actually want to do like do you like and i know you won't realize just yet that if whether or not you can take an animal's life or how you're going to feel about it that comes with the first time you do the it. The first time you do it. And it's completely natural. It doesn't matter if you fucking cry, if you feel remorse, if it, it's just, that's all normal. Like you should feel like that. It's an animal. Humans are a very passionate people. That's how you're supposed to feel. So you're not asking yourself that question, but you're asking yourself the question is, is do you want to do this? Do you want to be out in the outdoors? Do you Because wanna... it's all the stuff before the kill. Exactly. That's the, that's the 98% of exactly. the experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's not one. It's not a high percentage yeah. success thing, you know. It's not like um, you're playing a team sport and your team kicks ass every time. You know, your team, you in hunting, might fucking lose a lot of a game. So you've got to be prepared for that. You know, you've got to realize that's part of it. And if your only end goal is in killing something, then don't get in the bow hunting. It's not, you're in the wrong game. You know, your real end goal should be experience, enrichment of life, understanding life, you know, uh, understanding where your meat comes from once you get to that point where you're successful. And if you do it enough, you will be regularly successful. If, if you look into it, it's like just training. It's no different. You can't be the world's greatest boxer if you're not going to train your ass out. Mm. It's as simple as that. You know, so you've just you ask yourself those questions first you know then you you need to go into a bow store a pro shop because you've got to get measured up you know it's not like oh, i'll just buy that bow like every bow's got a different draw length you've got a certain draw length yourself mine's 29 and a half inches that's my draw length every bow that i buy has got to be a 29 and a half inch draw length bow then you want to weigh up how much poundage you can shoot. I can shoot 80 pounds. Most people shoot 60. Some people shoot 70. Some people shoot 50. So you've got to go into a bow shop. You get measured up. Um, you got to work out if you're left or right-handed, and that goes by your eye dominance, not by... Oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I, you know, I I'm right-handed. Yeah. I'm getting a right-hand bow. No, your eye dominance. you got yep. to work out what eye dominance you are. I'm, i got to shoot with my left hand because I'm left eye dominant okay yeah and, but my left eye is the reason i need glasses yeah right on. so that fucking sucks yeah. eh and i'm lucky i'm guns. just doesn't matter there's no variation oh really i shoot right-handed because i'm right-handed, right-handed everything yeah. you know so you'd need to work those things out now if you buy for a pro shop there's a certain amount of warranty and local warranty and knowledge that's yeah, going to come with that bow and it's not about buying the cheapest package either because you buy a cheap package you don't like it you go to sell it it's worth nothing you buy obviously what your finances can allow but a decent package a decent brand bow like Hoyt or something like that then let's say you decide you don't like it you sell that bow you're going to get a bunch of money back you know it will hold its value to a certain degree or if you love it a year later or two years or three years later if you want to trade it in it's got a decent value as well so don't just go for that cheap nasty thing because that's not going to be enjoyable you're going to get a shit bow the drawer's not going to be smooth it's not going to feel nice to hold or anything like that you know and 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 when it's it's so hard as it is you need to make it as easy as possible yeah exactly so buy something you know buy something reputable 
and uh, once you do that and the bow shop's going to give you a bunch of knowledge I'd take up hours and hours and hours more mm. of the podcast explaining it but the bow shop uh, dealer he should give you a certain amount of knowledge with that and one of the questions you should be asking is where is the local you know uh, bow hunting field course or archery field course where I can go and practice you want somewhere safe mm. that you can go and shoot a bow practice you know get used to shooting it and then you, you know you, you'll find your distance like let's say you can't shoot the target well at 50 meters well then don't shoot anything at 50 meters if you can't shoot well at 40 don't you'll find the distance you know where you're a good shot at and that's what you'll when it comes to hunting that's what you'll stick to and uh if something's not within that distance and it's about to run off let it run off because it's not worth like having a pot shot or you know wounding something or you know then it runs off exactly you You get into your effective range where you know you're good at you take the shot you kill kill an animal nice and humanely and happy days you know you'll you'll love it and what about the like the places to hunt so it depends where you live like i don't think there's any public land in uh, Queensland at all um, no that's where we're struggling like yeah where I think we're going to go to like Inverell or something to try and hunt yeah so there is pay properties but you know like and you can do that but you know it sort of sucks to have to pay to go hunting somewhere you want to talk to family friends see if they know anyone that's got property land that you can hunt on ask for permission to go hunting there um, come down to New South Wales or Victoria and hunt some of the public land there you can look that up online um yeah but it's that's that's the sucky bit about australia you know and that's something that needs to be worked on we've got all this essentially public land here in australia that none of us can use you know it's all locked up so yeah but just i've always made a point of like everyone that i meet or know is sort of somewhere along the line you mention to them that you're a hunter and you know they might be like oh actually might you know um my good mate's got, you know, mm, 10,000 acres yeah. out of sale. Does he just? Well, yeah, yeah. you know, and you put your hand around them and, you know, sweet uh, talk them a little bit and get me permission, you know. But um, th- those just those opportunities arrive. Um, one thing we used to do a lot in the early days before I had a lot of, you know, I've been doing it for long enough now that I've got a lot of access, but you'd do swap hunts. So you just had access to one little property that had feral goats on it. Mm and you knew a bloke that had a property had pigs on it she's like oh mate i'll take you for a pig i'll take you for a goat hunt can you take me for a pig hunt sort of thing yeah so there's that method there is um and they're really cheap i think it's called inland hunting properties or something like that where you know it's just like a cheap day rate to go and access the property and go hunting on there's there's lots of things like that you know and the internet's your friend once it comes to that just do some research and see where you can go hunting yeah well, mate, two hours and 54 minutes. Damn. So we better let you get out of here. You're as Aussie as a drop bear, mate. Good. And I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm grateful that you came on. I hope people learn something. And yeah, fuck's been awesome to talk to you. Awesome, so dude. Appreciate it, Thanks mate. for having me no, on. No, for sure, dude. Appreciate it. And I'll let you get to um, pick up the gremlins. Awesome. I'm going to do a little video. Oh, righto. And let's shout out, actually, fuck, before we go, your podcast, your socials, shout some people out. Uh, so my best one's Instagram as I spoke about and it's adam.greentree go there I've got a, my own podcast which is the Bowen's Life podcast and first man image first man image yeah so it's first.man.image if you're just not in the hunting but you're in the photography I do a lot of photography so get over there on Instagram as well and have a look at that but 
That's it. You'll find me somewhere. He's there. He's out there. <laughs> or not, I might just disappear off the radar. <laughs> no, nah, I don't do that. There's too much good shit that comes out here. Uh, awesome. Thanks, dude. No, nah, I appreciate it, man. Fucking pretty rad.